Ladies and gentlemen, up until now you've seen the creature perform the simple mechanics of motor activity, but for what you are about to see next, we must enter quietly into the realm of genius. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames et messieurs, damen und herren, from what was once an inarticulate mass of lifeless tissues, may I now present a cultured, sophisticated man about town. Hit it! The, the, the Sketchomatic Show. Sketchy, sketchy. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sketch O Matic. Back in full effect. The Sketch O Matic Show podcast. Episode 10. Thrilling to be here with you once again. Thank you. And hold on to your hats and glasses because you're in for one hell of a journey in this week's special guest podcast. Wow. But before I get started, I'd like to quickly mention my special guest's book, which came out quite some time ago, and it is called An XL Life, Staying Big at Half the Size. Thumping good read. I suggest you get it on your nook, on your phone, or buy a hardcover, because there's nothing like the feel of a good old-fashioned book in your hands, especially with the chilly weather coming about. There's so much to cover in today's podcast. I have to tell you that we dive deep into the history of my special guest, his career path, and his rise to this magnificent morning show host you hear every day in Los Angeles on Real 92.3 and amongst other markets around the country as well. He opens up about his earliest memories as a child, growing up with his family, the struggles, the trials and tribulations that laid before him that he overcame. We also cover a lot about the musical background and other career paths possibly he could have taken. We're really glad he didn't. Otherwise, we wouldn't be having this podcast right here. I can tell you that much right now. This man has received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame after putting in 27 years of his radio career. I know you're just as excited as I am for this week's special guest podcast. We're finally here, so let's get into it. Ah! Episode 10. Let's dive in. Oh my god. Special guest, host and star of Big Boys Neighborhood on Real 92.3. Please welcome Big Boy. That's right, what the TikTok lady said. This man really needs no introduction. This man is my family. He's my big brother. And I feel like it would be remiss of me if I didn't introduce him as such. This is He is the reason I got into radio. He's the reason I'm in radio to this very day. Please welcome to the Sketchomatic Show podcast, Big Boy of Big Boy's Neighborhood, Real 92.3. How are you, Biggest? What's going on, Sketch? What's going on? Yes! Man, Biggest. Hey, dude, how crazy is this? I mean, it's no, how wild. crazy that I'm actually sitting down for this shit? I, no, I'm, I'm completely <laughs> baffled by it, to no, be honest. No, no, you're I'm, my guy, man. I'm so honored, and, and it's such a pleasure to sit here with you. Finally, my first official interview 
with Big Boy. Now, I, I know mean, this is crazy. Man. It is pretty wild. And I'm so, I'm very honored that you would even agree to do this. Bro, you know, I, so. I wanted to jump on earlier. I know, you know what but, I'm saying? But, but I wanted to hone my skills but, a little bit. But you I know? know how you get down too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this is episode 10 Go ahead that you're now. on. So this is like, I feel like after uh, this episode, I can just hang it up and call nah, it a day. don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> now, so, the, uh, so now you're in your double digits. Yes, I just, uh, this is episode, but I wanted to save you. to the double digits. Hello. Yeah. Yes, sir. I wanted to save you for episode 10. Because I really felt like I needed to hone the podcast in itself, create mm-hmm. like a formula a structure. And I wanted to save you for the best, you know what I mean? Because you're you're the reason I'm here. This whole thing, this whole production mm-hmm. thing, it's all because of you, Big. I think you're the reason you're here also. Well, You yes, know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people that could have been here. True. And I would love to have other people here as far as like, you know, friends and family and things of that nature. But you, you've done the gig. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You stayed true to what you were doing, bro. So, of course, people can keep open the door, but it's how far you go into that door. Right. You know what I'm saying? How far you go into that room, bro, and, and shit, you you do dynamite work, bro. Thank you so much, yeah, man. I gotta say, we've had a relationship for quite a long time. I've known you since I was 12 years old. I know. And that is, and now I'm 44 years of age. You know, that's a long time to be friends with you before radio happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get into a little bit about your, uh, just like you growing up. I wanted to ask you right off the top, you were originally born in Chicago, correct? I was born in Peoria, Illinois. Interesting. And yeah. then when did you move to L.A.? I was born in Peoria, Illinois, and I moved out here when I was like two. Okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know nothing. I, I I don't think I've ever been back to Peoria. Right. I've been back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, when I was on tour with the far side, right. I went back to, with, to Chicago. Then when I had my uh, knee surgery, my my surgeon's in yeah. Chicago. But I don't know, you know, no disrespect, yeah. but I don't know nothing about right. it. Right. I was born in Mexico City, and right. I came here when I was two right, right. as well. So. And it is interesting to me that that you being from Illinois yeah. and born me, in Illinois. Yeah, born I'm from in, LA. Right, right. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Don't born, change in, my I'm sorry. born in LA. I'm this born, born in Illinois, raised in LA. Same thing with me. Born in right. Mexico City, raised in Los Angeles. But you're not Los Angeles. I am. Right. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Los yeah. Angeles. Quickly putting me in my place. Yeah. As he should. Um, but Please forgive me. Let me rephrase. It's just wild to me that we both are here in this yeah. place now. And that always trips me out. It's just how the universe works. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, what is like some of your earliest memories as a child growing up? McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what, man? I grew up with like my mom, rest in peace to Ida. Rest in peace. You know, moms and, you know, seven kids. Mm-hmm. So we grew up, you know, you didn't have the internet. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have a thousand channels like what you have now and all yeah. these different options on how you can occupy your time and enter- entertain yourself. So just growing up, man, like we have a full history of my mom working hard and, you know, we weren't right. affluent. We didn't have money, but we were very rich when it came to love. The I love yous yeah. and hugging and, and being a, a great family. So we grew up all throughout Los Angeles, you mm-hmm. know, and I was always sketched the the entertainer yeah. of the family. You know, when, you know, I, I always got up and did shows and did jokes and all that kind of stuff. So I was probably putting together something that turned into what people see now. But I've always been so connected to entertainment and music and just, you know, wanting to be a TV, uh, you know, wanting to right. be an actor, all kind of stuff that had to do with, with entertainment. So I grew up, you know, I, I was the, uh, mm-hmm. I was a theater guy of the household. What you know? did that, now I wanted to get into that. I wanted to deep dive into like, obviously you were the entertainer of your family right. and, and it, it evolved into what you are now. 
But was any of your other family into show business, wanting to get into show business, you know, wanting to be an entertainer? My brother Keith, rest in peace, he yes. he wrote poetry and he wrote songs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? My little sister, Nicole, she dibbled and dabbed early, early, mm-hmm. but no. no. You know what I'm saying? No you. one had the dream. No one had that thing where you say, oh, that the entertainment side, that there's... He's special. Now, what was it, special. Big Effect, that got you, that sparked that at a young age? How old, how old were you when you... As long like, as I can remember. Just watching television, yep. watching comedians? As long as I can remember, yeah. bro. I remember sketch. I told my mom, I was watching the uh, the Hollywood Christmas Parade, right? Right. And I remember I told my mom, I said, Mom, I'm going to be in that parade one day. Here I am. I'm probably five, seven. Oh, I don't wow. know. But I'm going to be in that parade. Uh-huh. And my mom never shit on our dreams. You right. know, she never shit she on our dreams. She yeah. supported. Same thing with my mom. And the same way, dude, when mm. I first got to Power 106, the first year, yeah. we were in the Christmas parade. And I'm literally driving, going down Hollywood Boulevard on the float. And I'm waving at people. And this is like when I got into radio with shaking my ass and hopskin and all yeah. the things I used oh, to God. do early. I blew up in Los Angeles fairly quick. Mm-hmm. So being over 400 pounds as well, I was the most recognizable guy. Absolutely. On radio right. because of the black guy, the 400. Oh, that's big boy. Right. So I'm literally on the float sketch and I'm <laughs> waving. And in my head, I'm seeing that kid tell his mom Mom, I'm going to be in that parade one day, you know, and, and it, it's been so many of those moments as well. The surreal moments of yeah. them at you actually realizing this dream and such at, a, at an early age. Now, I wanted to ask you with like the quick witted comebacks that you have. Speaking of entertainment and mm-hmm. show business, I always marvel at how fast you look like you, Marvel. Uh, thank you. See? Uh, I always no. see. I always <laughs> marvel at how fast you're able to qu- quickly think on the spot. Right now. Was that something that you learned growing up like as a kid yeah so when did you really start teach that like jose's sitting here jose's dull you know what i'm saying (laughs) uh you no, you can't teach it there's even times man where i'll say or do something sketch Mm -hmm. and i'll trip myself out like how fast it came right (laughs) or i listen to a phone tap and i'm like dude what the fuck is wrong with me on here i heard the other day i was just cutting up over the weekend i was cutting up some uh, big boy promos for the podcast right Mm -hmm. for your podcast yes sir and i create five new ones every weekend and i go now you're telling me how hard you work well i can always edit it out you know Mm -hmm. but the good thing is is like i listened to well the john legend interview you did was fantastic and a perfect example of that quick-witted comeback is when he was like Oh, when Oprah and Magic Johnson call you on the same day, that's when you know you've made it. And then it's qu- and within that second, you quickly said, when I get two calls, usually people are asking for money. The crazy thing about it is on the same day, Magic Johnson called me. For gr- two separate occasions? Two separate occasions, both in their separate backyards. So Magic's backyard in L.A., Oprah's backyard in Montecito, and wanted me to be a part of the events that they were throwing. I always tell people, that's the day I knew I was famous. Yeah, that's the day you knew you arrived, bro. I'm like, man, if I get two calls back to back, it's always for money. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, man, you know, such and such. That wasn't even quick witted. That was just true. Right, but it's just uh, so fast in the moment. No, that was me being depressed, sketch. That was more of uh, me speaking reality. You know what I'm saying? And and, and it's obvious you were cutting up the audio. Right. If you would have saw the video, you would have saw the tear drop down my face. I did watch the video. Yeah, yeah, no, I saw, I hear what you're saying. But it is interesting just how fast, how. Young were you when you really started to realize how quick you were in school? Like when when you would maybe clown with the other kids? I'm talking about Mm -hmm. kindergarten. Really? Yeah. Like, er, I'm talking about sketch early on. It's just like it was like you you were born with it. Yeah, it's an it's innate. Mm. It's innate, man. You're born with it. It's innate. It's something that you tap into Mm -hmm. and you continue to exercise that muscle. I don't sit down and 
and practice wittiness. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I know. Like, what are you doing? Oh, man, I got to go be uh, witty for it. I, gotta, I guess it'd be interesting. I got to work the witty muscle. If you were to like dive in a little deeper in the witty muscle part, like when I was younger, I would mimic comedians. Mm-hmm. I would try to memorize their their sets and listen to them on my Walkman yeah. and just try to repeat what they said just because I like that you know feeling. What? Sketch, I love comedians. I love mm. Richard Pryor. I yeah. love it. But but I, I I loved entertainment, yeah. bro. I would sit up and watch variety shows mm-hmm. and I just loved entertainment. I loved music. We had music in our household. So I, I loved music. And I was just so like just when I would see certain things on TV. Right. I knew I wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. When I heard certain records or when I saw, you know, movies or something, I just knew I wanted to be a part of something with entertainment. And you made you know? it. And, yeah. You and there's some happen. people that say, you know what, man, I wanted to be a singer. Right. Mm-hmm. At one point, I knew how to sing my ass off. You but still do. When I didn't ride my vocal cord change. Oh, yeah. You got to like when your right. voice start to change. Right. You got to ride that. And I didn't ride that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, I could be decent. Right. You know, I probably sound better than a lot of motherfuckers today. You know what I'm saying? I mean, obviously, <laughs> with all the jingles we've yeah. done, everything. You know, I've heard you and sing. And auto-tunes yeah, and all that. You don't but even need auto-tune, big. I really was like, man, I threw everything up against the wall. Right. You know, and at one point, Sketch, we were going through, you know, uh, we had bouts of homelessness. Right. right. And so I wanted to be, you know, I was like, man, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And so I remember I told my mom, mm. I said, mom, I want to be an actor. Mm. And she went and got me acting books. Really? And here we are sitting in a motel. You know what I'm saying? And you would think somebody else's mom would have been like, baby, stop. You know what I'm saying? Or I can't buy a real job to help us. Right. Oh, I can't buy these books. You know, we got to pay this daily rent. But But she had your back. She just believed in it. You know what I'm saying? And I felt and I believe that she believed in it. You know, I remember one time I told my mom, I said, mom. I'm going to buy you a house. We're in a motel sketch, you know, right. and, and I'm not talking about a hotel. How old are you at this point? At this time, I'm probably, probably 10 wow. at this time. And I told my mom, I said, mom, I said, I'm going to buy you a house. Mm. And she said, I know you are, baby. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Some parents be like, get the fuck on with this. I'm yeah, trying to, you yeah, know, yeah. and I, you know, fast forward, I bought my mom that house. Now, when you were in that, at that age, mm-hmm. were you obviously, you knew what was happening but you know, when you're a, you're a kid, right. you don't fully understand it, yeah. but it seems like you did to a degree, like yeah. a part of you really knew what was happening and you, you knew how to go ahead. No, you, mm-hmm. you, you knew you were homeless, right? You right. know what I'm saying? But you also at an early age, mm-hmm. um, you got to figure out, are you homeless or, or are you helpless and hopeless, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a lot for a kid. But a with me, it was more of. It's crazy because when you look back, you say, dude, you were homeless. But we stayed at some of the times we was at a motel with a swimming pool. Right. And a kid at a motel with a swimming pool is like, oh, we got a swimming pool. Not thinking you don't have a home. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's the way you view things right. through your through your life goggles as well. Yeah. I knew we were homeless. I knew we didn't have a place to stay. I knew I couldn't invite friends over. Right. I knew I had to walk halfway, then wait till everybody else went a certain way. Then I would cut back and go through the alley and either go to this motel or go to a place that we stayed in called the Sunlight Mission. You know, and nowadays mm-hmm. kids and society is a little more cruel, you know, but yeah. a lot of people didn't know that we stayed in a motel. Then we had other motel families, you know. I wasn't teased for being homeless. How long would you stay? Each time we had two bouts of homelessness Mm -hmm. and each one was about a year. Really? Yeah. 
and one was over a year, and that's a long year. Yeah, man. To Especially for a, a kid. Home. Yeah, and to not have a home. Yeah. Not to you know not to have your own. You know, I never had my own room. Sketch. It was eight of us. I didn't have my own room until I started working at Power and got Are my you own serious? apartment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I never yeah. had that shit. Damn, and yeah. it, it does make you really appreciate. It that. does, bro. Exactly. And, and, and there's humble beginnings. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when you say humble beginnings, people use that such as a phrase and as a cliche. And I learned but, it from you, but it's real yeah. with, with humble beginnings, man. It just, it just, you know, it makes you more human. Yeah. It makes you understand, you know, no matter where you are now, it makes you understand other people are problems. Yeah. It makes you understand how fortunate you are and how blessed you are with whatever you have. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not about the abundance of the things you can get or the things you can afford. It's what you could do for your family. And it's also, man, I was so happy. Yeah. When I was homeless. Yeah. Being I was so broke happy, and happy as a kid. And just, yeah. yeah. I know. I yeah, know that so feeling. My happiness didn't come from mm -hmm. so-called making it so-called being on radio. I mean, does it make you happier? Yeah. It can make you I'm happier. I'm sure when you bought your mom that house, yeah. though, that was like one of the great. Can you describe yeah. what but that. Also, man. Go ahead. You know, when people talk about like either money or this, that and the other, there wasn't a check I could write that would keep my mom alive. I couldn't write a $50,000 check to give her another year. You know what I'm saying? So it made you realize yeah. what life really is, you know, and, and how precious things are in relationships and love and things of that nature, man, and materialistic things, you know, they're there. And what's the real value on it? Right. I would have given up everything. Right. You know, and started over to save my mom. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So I know what real life and what real gift and what precious moments are. I completely understand. And mm -hmm. I, I can relate to you. Yeah. We're in the fucked up club. Exactly. We're in the same club. I lost my mom in 2017 mm -hmm. and I wanted to ask you, speaking of our, our deceased mothers, but my mom would, just like yours, gave me a lot of support and love mm -hmm. and would always tell me, uh, remember who you are, Christian. Mm -hmm. And it took me forever to really understand that. Uh, she would always remind me that I worked for you, that I accomplished this, that I did this, that, and that like all the accomplishments that I did when I was down and depressed. Yeah. Um, but it never really hit me until post her passing. Mm-hmm. And especially when you interviewed Nipsey Hussle, that was another thing I want to dive into about Nipsey Hussle, your relationship with him. But let me, before I get to that, I wanted to ask you, what is like, if you can remember, I'm sure you can, but there's lots of it. What the first thing that pops in your mind of the best advice your mother gave you, you know, it's a trip, man, is my mom was really on a lot of, uh, if you believe it, you can achieve it. Mm. And with me, I always tell people, I say, man, if you already a giving person and you're, you know, you get whatever your success, whatever you become a bigger giver, because I always say it's this thing called just add water. And that's what I felt like from my mom. If you are giving and a caring person, when you get in a position, you're going to give and you're going to care more. Hmm. If you're an asshole, just add water, you can become more of an asshole. You know what I'm saying? With, with the so-called powers that that's giving you. Mm -hmm. My mom always exercised character. Yeah. And my mom always treated people with respect. Yeah. You know, no matter what your job was, you know, you know, there, there was a person that uh, my mom was like, you know, kind of like a nurse caretaker at one right. point, And she went to lunch with one of her clients and there was a celebrity there and thought my mom was, you know, beneath, beneath this lady, I guess, you know, uh, like a servant to her or right. some shit like that. And she said that the person was like sneering and kind of shitty to her, mm. you know, and I've interviewed that person, you know, this, this wow. person, this is, you know, her son that yeah. you sneered at yeah. is now interviewing you. 
Was you know this here at, at Real or back in the at day? At Power. Oh, interesting. And, and I know the person. I know the person. I see the person. You know the person. You see the person. Wow. You know what I'm saying? You know the person's work, you know, but, but she brought that story That's home and my wild. mom wasn't petty. Damn. You know, and I've never talked to the person about it mm. because, of course, if he did her you. like that, yeah. that's that's it. That's in his character, man. You know, so he it, wouldn't it, even remember. Oh, that's that's even worse when that yeah. it's just part of like their uh, mo to mm. treat people like that, right. and that's it, just how they were raised yeah, as and well. You gotta have you gotta have those people too, bro. Yeah, you know. Now I want a lot of people. I interviewed Tim Conway Jr. Mm-hmm. on the podcast, and before it, me, well, wow. he was he was actually the first interview I did, only yeah. because I wanted to again hone my skills, right? And I wanted to work my way to you, big. Gotcha. I, I would have had you on first, but then it would have been like, for lack of a better term, blowing my big boy, you know, yeah. wad out, and it's like not fair to and you. I, and I could take that. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean. I, I don't know exactly what you're saying about Tim. Well, oh, I was going to when you break that down, it's almost like <laughs> no. Well, he it's almost like you were practicing with him. <laughs> well, practicing on air, he actually let me interview him on KFI on his oh. show at the end of his show. Go ahead now, but, but it was only not, for six minutes because we well, were live. That's not there. happening here. Yeah, no, I know we're doing a we're doing a full <laughs> podcast with you, and I appreciate it. Uh, but here's the thing: he he was asking about your star on the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame that is located. Next to Nipsey Hussle, mm-hmm. how on earth did you make that happen? How did that come to be for it to I be didn't, right? bro. Okay. Can you elaborate? I did, man. Mm-hmm. That's God. Really? You know, like Nipsey is someone that I cherished in life. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I, I knew Nipsey was special. Mm. Sitting in the room, talking on the phone. Nipsey didn't become special to me after he passed. You know what I'm saying? He's always been that way. Yeah. Mm. And you just knew that this dude knew something. And you knew that this man was, you know, very special in the room. Mm-hmm. And he acknowledged everyone. He looked in everybody's eyes. Extremely smart. You know what I'm saying? And he had a plan, you know, that was cut short, but he had a plan. And so when I got my star mm-hmm. on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, I got it on my birthday. You yeah, know, I remember. I was there. And <laughs> it was right there in front of Amoeba. Yeah. It was a beautiful moment for me. You know what I'm saying? Having my family out there and, and so many of my peers and just being recognized in L.A. and being this kid from, you know, that's homeless to Hollywood is yeah. crazy. I mean, it's so completely surreal. Can yeah. you can you describe that day? I mean, obviously, we were all there, all the neighborhood, all your fans, all the mm-hmm. listeners were there to support. But in your mind, as you're driving from home, from the station and then going to the yeah. Hollywood Walk of Fame to, to receive your star as you're standing there. Describe what, what, do you feel nervous? Do you feel? Man, when I first got the call mm-hmm. that I was in a class of 2020, it was 2021. Mm-hmm. When I got the call that I was in that class, bro, I was sitting in here and people were in here when I got the call and I almost start crying. But if I would have started crying, I would have had to tell them why I was crying uh, and take surprise, that moment right? away from my, my wife, my kids, my yeah. brothers, my sisters, nieces and nephews and things. So yeah. I held it down and it was, it was, when we say surreal, mm-hmm. it was surreal. It was unbelievable. It was, you know, you, you can't sit back and say, hell yeah, man, I deserve that shit. Because there's so many legends and only a few are on that walk. Right. It's a lot of celebrities, bro. Tons. So to be from LA, to do radio in LA, but also I remember years ago, me and my homeboy, Frank, we used to walk we used to uh, take the bus to hollywood Mm -hmm. and we didn't have money so we would literally just walk around hollywood and most nights we had to walk home from from hollywood Hollywood to west la like to down to culver city that's like to the palms how many miles is that i have no idea you can google it (laughs) yeah but 15 at least at least and so we would walk home 
But we would look down at those stars, and I wasn't looking at the stars. It, it, it would sound like a good, you know, dream if I said, man, I was looking at those, and I was like, God, if I could just get one of those one day. But I always acknowledged it, and I always walked by, and I read the stars. You read the names? And yes, that. read the names on the ground, bro. So when I got the call that I was getting mine and being honored that day on my birthday and my kids being there, and my family being there, my mom and my brother looking, you know, looking down yeah. and watching me accept this honor. Yeah. And all of our names. And it I just didn't get it for for Kurt Alexander for Big Boy. Right. I got it for Ida, mm. for Keith, for Sheila, Sherelle, Charlene, my brother Miles, my nieces, my nephews, you, Jose. I got it for everybody, bro. Yeah. Like the listeners that's been rocking with me for almost the last 30 years, we got all that shit together. Yes. Everybody put some kind of investment into this man, Kurt Big Boy Alexander. Yeah. Everybody did. Yeah. So it was just crazy, bro, to be there. Like there's some days sketching out on the braggadocious tip. Please. There's some days when I say, dude, you have a star in Hollywood. So do I. And I see some people sketch and they take it and it's like, oh, you got a star. And, you know, yeah. it fucked me up. That's why you saw me up there crying, and I was probably one of the longest speeches in, in Hollywood Walk of Fame history. Doesn't matter, though. You deserve it. You it deserve meant it. so much Absolutely. To me, you and, know? You, and you even put a disclaimer out beforehand. I remember you said you were like, there might be a lot of tears. Yeah, I'm in a, man. In a, a, I knew a I wasn't going to make it through. I knew I and wasn't going to make it through. I mean, but that makes it even more special. Yeah. I was crying listening. Yeah, man. You know? And when you ran by my name, I was like, dude, yeah. my name's in there. I can't believe it. It, it had like, to be because you built this. There are so many people that made... Big boy, big boy. Juan, Clarence, Sketch, Johnny, Marco, Edgar, Blaine. I mean, I was just a small variable in a huge franchise nah, of brother. what it is today. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people put in work. But yeah, I started with you back in, uh, you know, 98. Yeah. And that was amazing. I was 19 years old when I got hired by you. It was my, in, my entire dream. we had dream. already known each other. Yeah. Since you were 12. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And when you fast forward to that day, right, mm -hmm. and then seeing that Nipsey was going to be in the class of 2022, mm. I remember, dude, we, I didn't even know where Nipsey Star was going to be at. Jose and I were rolling, and mm. we were like, oh, it's over here. And I was like, oh, shoot, it's by Amoeba. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm like, oh, shit, it's right over here, because they just gave us an address. I didn't know where it was at. Right. And so then, bro, when we went in, so on and so forth, then, uh, you know, we're kicking it in the back, and when we walked out, I saw where they do the unveiling at. So I could see where he was at. And I'm like, oh, That's, hell no. That was that like day? We are, yeah, we are literally right near each other, right? We're, we're neighbors. I know. And so Queen Lauren, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, yes. Lauren London. Shout she to Lauren. told me, she said, uh, she was like, yeah, big. I knew it was right there. She said, I'm going to take a picture and tell you, but I wanted you to see it by oh. yourself. And I was like, Lauren, I'm so glad you didn't. I, I, I had no idea, man. No one, even with my star, right? I didn't want to see my star. Somebody sent me a picture of it and right. I opened it up and I saw my shit because I didn't want to see my shit till I got there. Right. So yeah, I failing. had no idea that Nipsey and I, our real estate was oh. right there, bro. Actual and, star neighbors. You know, and with my brother being gone yeah. and, you know, one day I'll be gone as well. And as long as the, the, the earth is here, as long as that boulevard is here, we'll be right there.
It'll live on. You know, on. I walk and I see stars from, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah. You know, if it, I'm sure it's 60. Yeah, absolutely. But you look at things and, you know, that'll be somebody else, you know. And what's dope about that, they go look for Nipsey and they're like, oh, Big is there. <laughs> you know what it I mean? It seems like almost like Nipsey made it happen. Yeah. Something. Yeah. It's something definitely God in different movements. Oh, man. my God. That's just. And just knowing cool. Nip and loving Nip. Mm-hmm. I never thought that would be another piece of our relationship and our legacy together. You I know. know that's that's the most. Another bittersweet surreal part so. of it Very much and so. i was explaining this to i had chuck dizzle on the last episode mm-hmm. episode nine we were talking i was and one of your practices uh it was well he mm-hmm. is a friend i've known mm-hmm. him as well a long time and mm-hmm. and uh it was a good podcast because we were talking about you and talking about nipsey and one of the one of the memorable lines that nipsey explained here at, at your show was when he said and i played it and but i'm going to play it again is when he said uh you know, you got to, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be a burden. It's supposed yeah. to be, it's supposed to stress you to a degree, it's right? It's supposed to make you uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And you're supposed to wrap your head around it, wrap your mind around that and accept it and embrace it. And you'll catch some wisdom off of that. Mm-hmm. I just think about that. Like, it ain't supposed to feel comfortable. It's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's supposed to stress you. It's supposed to be a burden to a degree. You got to wrap your mind around that and accept it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. And you catch some wisdom off of that. And when he said that, I always replay that, especially when I got hired here at part-time production and commercial production for iHeart, simultaneously producing for you. I remember sometimes things would get real, yeah. real like chaotic and it would just, and I would just have to stop and think, and I would think of that line mm-hmm. and, and just go, remember you wanted this sketch. Yeah. You wanted yeah. this and now you have it and you, yeah, how man. many times have you messed it up before? Mm-hmm. Don't. And I would just watch that clip. I would watch it over and over and just, it would bring tears to my eyes. Yeah. You and, know? I, and I mean, you, you, it's crazy where you learn and where you get the lessons from. Yeah. You know, it's crazy where you learn and where you get the lessons from, yeah. man. And sometimes you don't even know somebody's dropping a jewel until later. Right. And you're like, ah, that's what that shit, man. Well, yeah. I've, I've, you dropped many jewels and, and so much knowledge for me throughout my life, big. And, you know. Just all the times, like I in my younger years of just drinking and being out of control, you still like had my back. And I look back and I just I cringe at, at just the behavior and just acting out and being just angry, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I look through the same set of eyes, sober Sally now, right? And I just wish I really wish I could go back and change some things. But you know what? You can't. I because know. Because that's why you appreciate it so much. Yeah. Because you learn from it. Absolutely. I you know, did. You, you learn from hands on and crashing a car and being caught up in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's a difference between buying something and reading the manual mm-hmm. and, you know, or somebody telling you when you when you go hands on and you put your hands on it. It's a difference between reading it or somebody telling you how it's done. So you you can look back and say, man, I wish, but this is who you are now. Mm-hmm. All that shit that went down built the character of who you are now. And God made sure that you survived so you can look back and understand that all those things that were the test is your, now your testimony. Yeah. And some people don't get a chance to make it through that. Or if they do make it, they're still in it and they don't get a chance to acknowledge that how bad it is. Some people stay in the rut. I know. You know, and it's harder sometimes. They don't grow. grow. Yeah, and it's harder to get out of the rut. It is. You know, it, it's it's harder, and not with anybody addiction or whatever someone vices may be. Mm-hmm. But when you start to look at the man or the one man in the mir- in the mirror, mm-hmm. and you got to deal with that, that's the hardest shit we can do, man. Right. You know, w- looking at ourselves and knowing that we need some kind of work or 
we're unhappy or how do I, you know, at, at some points, man, you probably start to think like, man, there is no way out of this. You know, that's and how so it felt for me when I was drinking. You can't change what's in the rearview mirror. Yeah. But I'm, it make you appreciate it so does, much. And I really feel fortunate. And when I see, you know, like, man, I'm jogging, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And the thing about a tube sketch is people that know you, they champion your change. Right. They know the changes that I've yeah. been through, right? And, and they the 180. Either they say it or there's a lot of chatter outside of your presence. And all that tube sketch, the older you get, the more you realize how much you've learned mm. and how much you don't know. I know what I don't know. I know yeah. that I know I don't know a lot of shit. Yeah. And I'm still learning. But I do want to thank you because you did give me these many opportunities. Mm -hmm. Many opportunities. Then that one time I wanted to fuck you up. Oh though. yeah, that too. Yeah. I, I came trying to find your house. Uh, yeah, thank thank God that didn't happen. But yeah, you know, man. that was oh, that was the, but that was the tough love mm -hmm. as well because I let me quickly go into this is that my dad took off when I was about 16 years old wow. I, I had a relationship with him you know he taught me a lot about recording and engineering he was a recording mm. engineer and my mom was a singer that's how they met um but you know he was very macho like generation of that type of mexican yeah, man, man you know and it was not macho in the sense he was a very loving father but he just was always arguing with my mom mm -hmm. okay and he took off and i think no doubt i gravitated towards you at when I was 12 years old, because he was already out of the picture at 12. Right. But it wasn't until 16 that he really was like, just he right. pulled a Harry Houdini and I never talked to him again. Mm -hmm. And when you were around and, and you were, you were always there, you and DJ Ray, you guys became like father figure brothers right. to me. And you've, and you've remained that way till this very day. And we had to bro. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We were just living with what we were given. Yeah, man. And, and you could say father figure, right? But I didn't have that. Right, I know, and you, you, same thing. I didn't thing. have no father figure. I right. didn't have no father in the household. My mom was everything. You know what I'm saying? I didn't realize how much of a father figure mm -hmm. you really place upon people until I just did some therapy this year. Really? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was my mom. You it know, was only mom. No did, dad. You, did you ever look to anybody, maybe in school or? No, nah, you know what's the trick, man? Go ahead. My mom's sketch was my role model. Yeah. I didn't have to look out at Michael Jackson and Jordan, and you know, right. I didn't. I saw my mom get up and work hard every day. Yeah. I saw my mom put white polish on her shoes cause she couldn't buy new ones and put polish on today. Cracked. Mm. I saw my mom tired. I saw her, you know, feed and not have men around and not have no craziness in the household and all that shit. And you notice those things. And then when you get a little older, not only do you notice, but then you start to understand it. I remember one time sketch, I was driving home. Mm. My mom passed in 99, bro. This probably happened. In 2015, so it's been a minute. It's yeah, been a minute of her passing. Yeah, and I remember, dude, I was driving, mm -hmm. and it could have been between probably no more than ten years ago. And I'm driving, dude, and right when I'm getting off the freeway, I remember I just pulled off the freeway and started crying, and I was like, I understand. What triggered it? It was it was just this thing that hit me where I was like, Mom, I understand. Like, mm. now that I have kids, now that I have a household, now that I'm the breadwinner, now that I have the responsibilities, I understood. And yes. when I said, Mom, I understand, yes. it was I understood how hard it was for her and how scary mm. certain moments probably could have been and how 
she tried to be everything to seven kids. We didn't let my mom sleep. We was always going in the room. Mom, 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 mom. Yeah, you know, yeah. she cooked every day. It wasn't no Uber Eats. We couldn't afford no fucking Uber Eats even if they had it. Right, so right. It was mom cooking every day. Did mom your mom doing ever get upset? Did you ever see your mom get mad? You know what, man? I did. Mm-hmm. And not upset. I've seen her sad mm-hmm. or I've seen her frustrated. Right. I remember it was crazy, man, because I remember my mom used to be like break break a plate sometimes. Oh, yeah. My grandmother used to yeah, do that. And that yeah, was yeah. from us not washing the fucking dishes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But she didn't explode like on her kids. She wouldn't yell at you. She didn't leave us. Interesting. She didn't like it's y'all fucking fault. Like none of it. It was wow. ne- it, anything that my mom did. Maybe it was internalized because she didn't lash out towards us Mm. where you'll say, I can't even look back and say, oh, now I understand why mom hit me. Right. Or now I can understand why mom was drinking. Like none of the, none of those vices, bro. Wow, man. Your mom was like, like had patience of a saint. Yeah. And you know, it's a trip, man. I I, I went and did some, uh, like some therapy Mm. at this place called the Hoffman Institute. Right. Mm. And that taught me how to look at my mom as a human being as well because I put my mom on this pedestal and then from there with Hoffman it taught you how to bring your mom down from the pedestal not disrespect right no I hear you but also look at her as a human being right and any of the flaws and and the mistakes and you know those those kind of things man so I was able to view it through some different goggles different lenses but it was never anything where we were just, you know, it was a man in the house hitting us and hitting her. And, right. You know, I there was come no home, my mom violence. was drunk. She had right. every reason. Right. To, to so-called or every excuse to be drunk. Right. And to, to leave. And you know what I'm saying? She yeah. kept the family unit together. But I also say when I said I started crying because I understood and I knew it. Right. It was just hard. We didn't have a car. My mom drove. I mean, she took the bus to work every night. She would try to work graveyards so she could be there for us during the day. And there was no car in the family. It was hard. There was no man. You know what I'm saying? So when I say that I was crying because now I see, Mm. it was hard. You really it hit you. Do you feel like when it hit you? Also, sketch just real quick. It had to be hard to look at your seven kids and see your kids sleeping in a motel. Like as a parent, that's got to be hard. Yeah. But no, to no fault of her own. You it's got to be emotionally traumatic. You get, and you get on a slippery, uh, slippery slope. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't like my mom was doing drugs or doing anything crazy. You missed the rent. You missed the rent again. You got these kids, so on and so forth. She tried to keep us in cool areas. And when you get on that slippery slope, bro, it's like, good luck. Do you, re- do you recall when you got out of that, when she finally, like before, obviously before you got with Farside, before mm-hmm. on radio, but you were staying, you're like, what, the last time, how old are you the last time you had to stay in a motel? 17. 17? 17. Wow. Yep. And when describe how that ended. How did you get out of that rut? Not the rut of the motel, you know, but just we the just, situation. We just got into, uh, uh, it's crazy, man. I have a cousin by the name of Barry. Right, I know Barry. Right? And Barry, Barry, that dude didn't think like, oh, big boy, you know, one day, you know, Kurt's going to be, you know, so-called famous. He didn't think of none of that shit. Mm-hmm. My mom was short $800. For getting into this apartment. That's it? Well, back then it and was a lot. And he gave it yeah. to her. Yeah. Wow. You know what I'm saying? He gave it to her, not knowing if she was going to be able to pay it back to this day, dude. Like, I've been taking care of Barry, like, on the strength of that's just my partner. Yeah, that's my man. homie. But Barry. also in my head, I'm like, my mom never gave him that $800 back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, shit. With interest, what I could get this motherfucker. <laughs> but he just was square business enough and such a good human being yeah. that he gave that to her. 
And at that moment, it changed our lives. You mm. know what I'm saying? And then what, what did you guys go? Where did you move to? Was that from, to Culver from the, City? Yeah, because we were, we were, matter of fact, the last place that we stayed at, and you probably, you probably know it, mm-hmm. it was right there around, um, like around Washington Boulevard, yeah, yeah. Centinella, Inglewood. Yeah, yeah. It was a place called the, uh, the Stearns Motel. Yeah. Stearns, and there was another one up the street. That was our last, like, go-round of, of being homeless. And we moved from there, and I think we went to... Somewhere in like uh, Culver City or something like that. So by the time you're 17, you're obviously you're you're like a, a, a young man now. Yeah. You know what's happening. Yeah. It's not like you're the young 10 year old kid. But yeah. So in this this new, you're, you're bigger. Your yeah, body's you're bigger, bigger. Right, and not and you're you're just smarter. You're more yeah. street smarter now. Yeah. And you finally get out of there. I wanted to ask you this about your mom before we move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just about you in general. If you were able to work with any director. To mm-hmm. make a movie about your mom's life mm-hmm. and all the the trials and tribulations, who would you want to work with? I can tell you one thing. Go ahead. It wouldn't be Spike Lee. Really? Figure it out. I can always edit this part out. Nah. Okay. Keep. I, I love him, but we'll okay. figure it gotcha, out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Is there anybody else? Remember back to what I said earlier about my mom. Oh shit. All right. Gotcha. Wow. Nah, I work with Spike. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh no, nah, I, I I don't trip off of that, man. I don't trip off of who who would tell my, my mom's story. You know, Spike, you know, Tyler, whoever, Regina right. King, you know, like anybody that know texture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's more of how would you tell the story mm-hmm. and who plays your mom? That's very yeah, that's, that's very deal because I'm very protective. Do you have anybody in your legacy. mind that you would? Nah, I haven't even thought about nah. that. I haven't even thought about it. I hear you on it, that. You know? What about just about your own life? Let's let's take the mom out of the mm-hmm. quit. Just about your, your radio career and whatnot. I'm doing a documentary. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see anything acted out and all that shit. I hear you. you know, I don't want to see all the dramatic shit. Then they say, oh, we got to change this because this is the way we... You know, we do this. I'm watching this Dahmer shit right now. Yeah, right? yeah. And I know Dahmer's story, and I and I know how much that how much of that is fabricated. Yes. You know, I yes. know how much you know. But the, you're enjoying Dahmer. I'm on enjoying Netflix, it, but right. I know the real story too. But right. somebody's going to re, they rewriting the history. Yeah, they change. They flip the script just yeah. to make things more dramatic and yeah. more interesting. So, so I, I don't have that where mm-hmm. you know. And now that you said that, I probably may start putting more thought into it. Yeah. But I I don't have that. You know, oh, I want to do the. The big boy story, because I'm still living the story. No, I hear you. I'm, I'm just still saying, living the script. In, in the future, I yeah. feel I feel like, because you, you live such a fascinating, yeah. remarkable life. Yeah. It, it, and it there's a lot of layers done. to it. There's yeah. a lot of layers to people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of layers to people, man. But there's, you know, each individual, you know, that's listening, you have layers to your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I have a lot of layers. Like, people listen to me, and they're here like, oh, he's funny, he's phone taps, he's this, he's that. But they don't know like all the layers. I you know, know what I'm saying? I know. There's a lot of layers. Yeah. And I've I've been fortunate to learn about a lot and of them. It's been unfortunate. Of course. To learn these, these Same with me. You know? Same with me. Absolutely. But yeah. as growing older and keeping you having you in my life and keeping you close by, even though I don't see you all the time. Right. I work for well, that's my, your fault. Well I'm uh-huh. here every day, sketch. I know, I know. I just don't like to bother right, you. Right, you know, right. I don't, well, you don't like to see me unless I gotta I, do your podcast. I, no. <laughs> If that's carte blanche to come up to the station hey, and man, hang you, out. You own this. You I'm, built this, man. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm only a part of your team, yeah, big, and I, big I do part. appreciate it. Yes, sir. And and when I am close by, though, I always do reminisce about a lot of the the past that, you know, a lot of it makes me cringe. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, you know, I look out my window and I see that mountain, the Hollywood mountain that I hike yeah. up to a lot. And it's right there. And, and you know what, Sketch? Go ahead. I think that. I think sometimes we as human beings, we overthink. Of course. You know, you probably thinking about your past or something 
at a time where we're not even thinking about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we all build these prisons Mm -hmm. that we can, that we hold ourselves in and you're free. You know what I'm saying? To us, you're free, bro. You know what I'm saying? So anything that happens in your past, that's in your past. And you didn't do anything that was hurtful. Your hurt was against you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when you see self-inflicted, you didn't you didn't do anything crazy where I'm like, man, I can't fuck with that dude sketch. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It was just at, at a certain point in your life. We knew that you had a problem. Yeah. You know, and. You constantly been working on on Christian Nava. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then everything that come under the umbrella of that yeah. sketch, production guy, friend, magician, track uh, uh, hiker, whatever comes under Christian Nava, mm-hmm. you worked on that. So it doesn't matter who this production guy is, because if you didn't work on Christian, it wouldn't matter. You got to work on you right, first. Right, because sketch wouldn't be around. Yeah, if it, it's not him. about more problems than profit to production guys. So, so when, when you did the work on you, everything starts to fall in line. Is it perfect? No, but is it better? Hell yeah, it's better. Well, you know what I'm I saying? I have a good role model. Right. I have, you know, I look at you and I look at, at Jason. I uh-huh. want to get into, into the relationship with Jason as well. But you guys, again, not just father figures, but male role models. Right. Big brother, you for sure. But meeting Jason at 19 years old. And meeting a lot of different people here, Doc Winter, you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of these people, I watch them and I'm like, how did they get to where they're at in this state of mind mm-hmm. where it's like they're masters of their craft? Right. You know what I mean? And it, it seems like there was no trials and tribulations. But I think you're, you're, you're that too, because mm-hmm. we've made the most mistakes in the room. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? With, with, with so-called, you know accolades it is there's many failures yeah there's so many things that you throw up against the wall but people look at what sticks and say oh that's genius oh yeah. this guy but i tried so much shit sketch that failed yeah you know what i'm saying and not failed by by like definition of you're a failure just some things right. that didn't, didn't work, work or some out. things right. you know ran its course so on and so forth so when when you look at a doc or you look at big boy you look at you look at you know uh jason ryan yeah you look at those things man and we're just a lot more in tune with what we have to do. Yeah. You know, you filter out the bullshit. Mm. Like for me, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do certain things. And it just, it just kept me a little bit more focused on life and achievements Mm -hmm. and what I want to do and, and happiness. And I just think that, you know, and also what you got to do to sketch is like, you got to listen to the room. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be the smartest in the room. I don't want to be the dot, dot, dot in the room. Mm. You know, I want to continue to learn. I learn something from you guys every fucking day. You know, I can teach Ani something, but then also, you know, I learn, bro. You got to, you got to continue to learn every day. And you don't know where the message, you don't know who's going to be your teacher that day or that moment. And you got to make sure, man, that there's some things you just got to surrender to. And, And I surrender to, to knowledge. Yeah. I surrender to health. I surrender to God. I surrender to hopefully being a better person, you know, and you don't know where that come from. I don't, I don't give a fuck what Diddy doing. No disrespect. Right. But that waiter. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking to that motherfucker about life, you know, and Diddy too, you know, and, and not Diddy by, by name. Right. But, but we you're just, not checking for all these people, like what nah, they're man. doing, what nah, they're that's doing. That's why if right. you go with me to a concert, bro, mm-hmm. or even in radio, I don't know the radio heads. 
I don't know who's this person over at this and this person over at that and this guy and this record label guy and this. I don't give a fuck. Right. But I know that at crypto, I know security. I know the people that work at the concession stand. Yeah. I know when we go to a concert, I don't give a fuck about being backstage. Fuck backstage. Fuck your suite. I want to be in the audience. You want to be with the with people. With the people. Right. With the people that I talk to every day. The people that fuck with me, the people that want to take a picture with me, the people that say I've been listening to you. When people say, man, I've been listening to you for X amount of years. I say, man, I've been talking to you for X amount of years. I love that. You know what I'm saying? It's a relationship. So I love the fucking people, man. I was just at Bad Bunny show and it was such a blessing to go two nights. Not to see Bad Bunny. I enjoyed the show. But the people. But the people, bro. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting here at SoFi with 70,000 people Mm. and I'm sitting here praying and saying, God, thank you for this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I, that, I, I do the same thing. That's what I do. <laughs> I was bro. doing that right now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, like I, when I came in here before you you shot over to me and we were going to start recording, I was just like, I hadn't been here in a minute. I walked through the door. I still have my key card. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I was nervous as fuck right. coming up because I know we're not live on the air, but it's just, I'm actually sitting down and it's very surreal. But let me tell you this Go too, ahead. Sketch. What's crazy about that is... I also trip off of, now people can say, oh, big boy, whatever, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But I trip off that you wanted to interview me. Of course. I trip off that I'm in your calendar. I'm tri- I trip off that you got up today and you said, man, I'm going to go interview big boy. You know, what I, mean? yeah. I still trip off of that kind of shit. Yeah, man. I still trip off of like, I'd be on air, man, and I had these moments where I'm like, dude, this is crazy. People are listening. I know. You know Isn't what I'm that saying? crazy? Yeah, and it's not like, oh, they should be listening. Well, you know, no, no, I hear it's you. It's like, damn, they're listening. They're loving it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Or people take a picture of you and it's yeah. in their phone. It, forever. And yeah. all on their social media. Yeah, forever. Man, like, it's like documented man. forever. Yeah, that that is crazy. Like, it is if pretty I have, surreal. Pick any guest, you know, any artist, whatever game, whoever it is that's on my wall, Snoop, right. Wiz, Chris Brown. I trip out and many more. Man. I trip out that I say, man, I'm on their schedule. Yeah. Like they literally had to say, oh, man, you know, let me get to sleep early or I got to go do big boy tomorrow. Like I'm on your schedule. Man, I got yeah. up extra early today. That's tri- I didn't get that's to bed till three o'clock in the morning. Crazy. I was nervous. I was I was writing questions down and just thinking to myself, what am I going to ask you and stuff? But I also wanted to just make it part interview, but part conversation yeah, where we can just so. we can just chop it up and stuff. But I do want to ask you about Jason and your mm-hmm. relationship. Uh, Jason Ryan, executive producer of Big Boy's Neighborhood. Coming together with him, how did that come about? I know you guys, we, we started back at Power, obviously, yeah. but how did the meeting start? Who brought him Let in? Let me huh? tell you, man. Yeah. At one point, mm-hmm. it was uh, two people that worked at Power. And I don't want to, because once I tell the story, I don't want to, you know, right. mess up anybody's name or make it seem like I'm clowning. And so when I got the morning show, because mm-hmm. I started off at Power 106, I started off at nights. Yes. And I learned how to run the board doing overnights. Yes. So, but my position was nighttime from like 7 to 12, 7 to 11. And I did that for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And then they put me in afternoons, which was like a 3 to 7 slot. Mm-hmm. I did that for a year and a half. And then they put me on uh, the mornings, right? I remember. And so when I got to the mornings, you know, we did it all. I did. I had to cut up my own audio. I had yeah. to do this. I had to do that. So then I remember they said, yeah, we're going to hire a producer. I never had like a producer. I don't know what, a, what the <laughs> fuck a producer does. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> And so they had brought this one guy in. He ended up not working out. He just wasn't trustworthy. He tried to do some slick shit with me and DJ Ray. Right. And we let him go. And like I said, I don't know what a producer is, but I know that they weren't supposed to do that. You're not bringing anything and you're not out working. <laughs> right. Me. What are you bringing to, to, to the show? Right. You know, and I knew that early on. 
So then they had another guy and he was very nice. He was a comedian, but he wasn't a producer. I didn't know what he was doing. Right. So then they were like, oh, okay, we've got two producers that we're going to interview for so on and so forth. Right. And I remember I sat with the other guy mm-hmm. and he was cool. And I sat with Jason and he was cool. And so I remember, dude, we did something like, uh, April Fools, right? And we did like we did this thing, which is so generic in radio, where we flipped genres and we were no longer the hip hop oh, station. Yeah, yeah. But I when Jason was like, oh, you know, and he had notes from previous the shows that he heard. And he brought up to my attention that when we did the the show of flipping everything, we didn't change out like all the other like the power 106 and then you know it was just my show but then when you go into commercials it was where hip-hop lived but we talking about changing the whole fucking station right right but everything was still hip-hop yeah and he pointed that out and not that i grabbed onto it like oh this guy is a producing god he right. figured that out i sat with the powers that be at the time mm. like i said it was two p- people in that position mm. and Literally, they were like, well, how do you feel about the producers? I said, well, you know, paraphrasing, I met them both, so on and so forth. So they said, uh, who would you like? Who did you like the most? And so I just asked them, I said, who did you guys like? And they played their card and told me who they liked. And it wasn't Jason. Wow. But as soon as they played the card, mm. and it's not by default, mm. I just didn't trust in them. As soon as they said that guy's name, I knew I had to go with Jason. You went the opposite, right? Totally the opposite. And the right choice has been made. And 25 was made. years plus. 25 bro. plus. I mean. Yeah. We've, we've built a legacy. Not only that, but he was his original, not his original idea, but it was, you were doing the phone taps. You were yeah. prank calling people like a Poquito Mas across the street at Ribs mm-hmm. USA. And he had heard you do that. And it was yep. kind of his thought to say, we can run this on the air. When was I that? was doing overnights, mm-hmm. we were bored. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so it was not a lot of overnights, but we would record my guy Flounder. Yeah. We would record like, oh, I'm going to call this place. I always fucked around on the phone. Yeah. So I, he would hit the real to real. I remember. Recording. That's what I started on. And we would call and I would just fuck with these places. Then we would play them back for us and just laugh. But at that time, I didn't have like my own studio, this, that, and the other. So I just put the reels in my locker. Fast forward years later, here's this guy, Jason. Yeah. He heard one and he was like, oh, we should play that on the air. So I'm like, okay, boom. So I give it to him. He, you got another? I give him that one. He was like, yeah. He said, do you have any? Give me all of them. So on the real to real, I give him what we have. They splice it up. And he was like, we should start doing these on air. Now, now Jason is already a radio nerd by his Absolutely. definition. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Radio guy. Yeah. And. I wasn't hip to like a lot of the phone. Pr- I know we fucked around on the phone. You know, right. if, if it was if it, if it was up to me, the same would be called fucking around on the phone. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what you know, oh, man, just fucking around on the phone. Pick up the phone. Yeah, <laughs> pick up the phone. And so I gave him all that I had, and he was like, you know, we should do these. We should we should run these on the air, like every as a day. structure. Yeah. Right. And so I got in the lab, mm. and I just started making these crank calls. What people f- find out is phone taps now. Yeah. I didn't have a name and phone taps. If you, if anyone has ever heard phone taps, the character's name is Luther Luffet. So when I first started doing phone taps, people would ask me like, what's your name? And I would say, Oh, it's Steve Larkis. You <laughs> I know? So Steve. I did a couple of Steve yeah, Larkis. There was Steve. And then another time somebody asked me my name and I said, Steve Luffet, mm-hmm. you know? And then one day this lady's or man, someone on the other end said, and your name, what's your name? And I said, Oh, it's Luther. It just came out. Yeah. And I said, Luther Luffet. <sighs> And she was like, Lufay? And she was like, well, how do you spell it? I didn't know how to spell Lufay. 
You know what I'm saying? And if I would have said L-O-O-F-A-Y, that sound fake, especially yeah. if I'm putting you through all this shit. Buffet. Yeah, so I said uh, L-U-F-F-E-I-G-H. The first F is silent. I love that part. And from there on, I said, man, every time I do one of these prank phone calls. Right. They weren't I'm even phone taps yeah. yet. I'm going to do... Luther Lufay. So anytime somebody asks me the name, I'm going to the name. I'm say Luther Lufay. I remember then this. one night I was at the house. Yeah, and I didn't have a name for the. You know, I think Rick D's. You know, was his candid, candid phone. Yeah, candid phone. And yeah. everybody, We're you know, people your had, buns. yeah, people had phone. You know, phone prints. Yeah, yeah, they I didn't originate phones. anything. Right, right, you know, right. one night, man, you know, getting up just to go take a piss, and I always I sleep light anyway. Yeah, I sleep light, and so I'm in my head, and I'm going, got your phone tap. What you gonna do? And that was when Dr. Dre had the firm, the firm and they had right. the song Phone Tap. And so I remember, dude, I got up and I started writing. And I was like, so just so I wouldn't forget. And I was like, Dr. Dre, the firm, phone tap, so on and so forth. And I remember I took it the next day. And I said, hey, I said, you know, this is what we got to do. And it was DJ Ray who produced the first, the yeah. first thing. We're going to hit it real quick. And dude? I was like, yeah. man, every time this right here, and that was you with the phone. That was you putting the phone, the, uh, the, the, all the, the phone, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all that shit. So, I mean, but what a legendary. And then just, and By the way, do you know that that phone number that's dialed is Jason's cell phone number Hello? from way back? And is that what you dialed, right? That's what I dialed. Yeah. We actually held the microphone over yeah. the phone because that's, we didn't have the connection back then. And it, I remember, well, I guess I could say it now, Yeah. the number, because nah, it's not nah, the nah, same. Don't say, don't say I won't say it, but it somebody is. Somebody got it. Somebody has it, right. But it is that number till this very day. And you can even hear the mic bump a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, <laughs> early phone taps, you know, now you go through the board, you yeah, go through yeah. this. We had a speaker phone yeah. and we would literally take the mic and just put it at the speaker phone yeah. and talk into the speaker phone. And you know what? I That kind of shit. It you was know? just, it's come a long way. I mean, the amount of phone taps that yeah. you've done. And to this day, it's still my biggest segment. It is. Still and I'm my still, biggest I'm the one who is. Given the, I remember Jason would say, well, that's right. Sketch is the senior editor now yeah. of Big Boy's And you just know my voice. I do. Like I do. You, you, I know you, your rhythm. You know my rhythm. You yeah. know my funny. You know when I'm lollygagging. And, and, and in my head, I'm like, Sketch is going to take this out. Yeah. You know, the build up. Yeah. So you one of them motherfuckers, man, that all I had to do was press play. You I know, love it. I love I, it. I didn't have to like, oh, I got to preview this. You know, right, Jason's right. that guy. I did do that but, once though, where I did, or a couple of times where I messed up a phone tap and yeah, I was rushing through it. Yeah, but you got to think, bro, we have over 1,500 phone taps. 17 now. Yeah, yeah. you know, and probably about uh, 1,100 of those we can't play. <laughs> I would say maybe a handful of them have been retired for nah, sure. sketch. We got uh, more, more phone taps we can't play yeah, yeah. for them being outdated. Because mm-hmm. there was sometimes you do one just for the day. Right. And then also the content. Yeah. You know, we're in, we're in, a, we're in a different culture well, right now, pl- too. It, there, was, there was times where phone taps, you know, <laughs> I just... I had a phone tap uh, called Come On Everything. Yeah. <laughs> C-U-M on everything. The where right spelling. Like a, yeah, the right spelling. Where I just had like, I, oh, I want to come over there and come on that. I want to... Yeah. You, what? I remember Do some shit this, like that dude. now. Remember we did Dr. Green come mm-hmm. over across the street. Remember that? Yeah. Man. Hello, my name is Dr. Green come. Hello. Yeah. And it's yeah. all protein shake. Yeah, do, do that now. Oh, my God. Yeah. We had... Remember the, the moment before? Yeah. We, we, oh, man. Man, let's not bring all up right, a lot of this shit. Oh, but I wanted to get into the phone tap. Let's go back to phone tap right now. I, it, your favorite phone tap 
that comes to mind immediately. There's so many, but the one that comes to mind right off I don't off have top, one. You don't have one? I don't have one. I have several moments mm. of several. Okay. I have uh, the haunted house ah, with the yeah. lady yeah. when Luther from Custom Creations call her. You know, there's another one. Can um, I play a clip? Yeah, go Just ahead. Just a short clip? Okay. Yep. I've never put our name on anything for hosting any type of a haunted house. Well, ma'am, did we do this for the kids in your community. We don't and have what? any kids in this community. It's a High rise building. I'm smell. Show up. Okay? We, I will be there. We got candy for 300 kids. Well, we got the ghouls and goblins. There well, are three children in the whole neighborhood. Well, those three kids that have a no, lot of candy. They're not going to. Listen here. I don't want it. You wicked witch. Do this for the kids. What kids? I'm telling you, there are no children here, you moron. That one right there. <laughs> the refrigerator. Oh yeah, Pharaoh's fridge. Yeah, yes. Pharaoh's fridge with with this couple right here. Someone called to donate a refrigerator. No, I did not tell you a thousand times ain't nobody. Could you? Could you just? Could you just? We ain't donating conversation nowhere. All right. I'm sorry, you idiot. Someone donated the refrigerator. Oh, you ain't got to talk no more. You ain't got to talk no more. We come. We coming to get the refrigerator tomorrow. Just have it together. Have you some. Tell them to bring you. Keep talking on the phone, though. <laughs> the phone, though. I say this, bring <laughs> it. Hold on. This is my comment. I'm the man, damn it. This is my conversation. You wear the pants. I got you. I'm coming to get the refrigerator. And just seeing them argue, they were arguing with each other to see who was going to continue to curse me out. And the other one, man, when one man say, well, I think I'm calling about something with my gold or some cash for gold. Oh, yeah. And my man went, well, come on. By all means, well, jump up if you're front. Uh, <laughs> oh, by all means, man. Come get it if you're feeling froggy. Come on. By all means, show on up if you're feeling froggy. If I'm feeling froggy. What? Okay, silly Shut the it's so many and long endevity. Of course. Long endevity lady I call and she fuck up on She's all the fantastic. words. She's fantastic. Tanks of battery. Yeah. <laughs> they, oh yeah, big tanks of battery. I want the two thousand that the kind of work you do? As far as work, I do the flapjacks over at International House of Pancakes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I'm I'm i what they call the head flipper over there. I know you gotta make a lot of them. Woo man, tell me about it. Thanks, big tanks of battery. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Okay. You know, so you have those moments, man. I know we have a new phone tap with DJ Cause. Yeah. That that Halloween. I, that yep. I just recently edited, and that was an absolute blast to edit that and do. I just I like the ability to add in my own creativity, oh my but God, to follow bro. your creativity as well. And <laughs> and I must admit that I. You remember Officer Scott? Oh, of course, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Officer Scott, yeah, 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 that's me from from. I yeah, what's the, it's uh, the speeding phone tap. I was speeding. Yeah, the speeding phone. This is Officer Scott. What did you do? They just got me for speeding, man. I was driving fast with a little drink oh, between my legs. Going to jail. They said they'd go ahead and release me if somebody just said sorry. that they know me. No, 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 I can't do that. You can't. Okay, well here go the police right here. Just, sorry. Hello, this. this is Officer Scott. Do you do you know this man, Luther Lufe? Yes, he does. Oh no. Yes, he does. No, I don't know. Luther Lufe says he does know you. He dialed the first. Uh, okay, well, Luther, man, we're gonna have to take, take you away now. You know what they do to when they in jail, dog? When they gonna beat my feet, man? Come on! I don't know why I said Scott. You know why, bro? Because it was so spur in a moment and yeah. spontaneous. Yeah. We just said whatever came out of our mind. <laughs> you can't script none of that shit. I can't do the what this person is gonna say and do. Like I'll start a phone tap and I think it's gonna go this way. Then this person take me on a whole different journey. Yeah, I love you know the phone taps with Fuzzy. Yeah, man. The ones with Jay. Jason's so good at being intimidating. Yeah. White guy. Oh my gosh. Right. Man. Like yeah. whether he plays a cop. 
He plays an old teenager. Yeah, or he, he plays, and, and he just sounds like the voice of reason. Yes. You know, like when we called one, one store and the person was like an asshole to me. Oh, and yeah. And then I called back and we told the guy we were from corporate and we were going to fire him. Boy, it's, he was nice as a motherfucker after that. It's just But then crazy. Jason's just like on the whole, okay, we're going to circle back to this. And, uh, I'm going to fire him in two I'm, weeks. I'm going to fire him in yeah, two weeks. Yeah. And as people that listen, like, hey, he fired me in two weeks. It's like he should be an actor. Right. I mean, it's, well, don't tell him uh, that. <laughs> yeah. let's, but, let's keep him producing the show and shit. Yeah, well, that's that's, that's we, we were. We all work well together. Having and, him uh, actor dreams and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, what time? What time are we at? Is it? It's only. Uh, oh my God, we've gone way over. That's fifty eight, right there. That's fifty. Okay, I thought we went too long. Yeah, but, I didn't even feel like fifty eight. I know oh. it goes by quick. I go. I have so much more to ask you, but I don't want to keep you too long. But I do want to ask you, and I told Jose this. And this is, has to do with your raft question, the mm-hmm. raft question. But I want to flip it. Mm-hmm. I want to remix it. I'm not going to answer it, but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> well, I hope you do, because then it would be completely useless. Mm-hmm. But the raft question you ask when it's, uh, you know, if a raft is sinking, you can only, there's two people in the water. You can only save one. One or the other, who do you go with? That's a very famous question you ask a lot of your, your celebrities and artists that come in. But I want to flip it and ask you. Mm-hmm. I'm very into zombies. I'm into The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You and look I, like it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I've, been, mm-hmm. I've been told that before. But let's say Jose and Louis G. Jose's been bitten by a zombie. Louis's been bitten by a zombie. You have one zombie cure, oh, and you can man. only administer it to one of them, oh. but the other one has to turn. Who do you save and who do you let turn into a zombie? Woo-hoo-hoo! Hey, man, let me tell you who my ass, Jose. Quickly, I give it to Jose quickly. Really? Yeah. If I had two of them, I give them both to Jose. Just right. make sure that he made it. <laughs> really? Man, that's so fucking easy. Why? Why is that? Louis be a zombie like a motherfucker. Girl. <laughs> this is my fucking partner I of hear decades. I hear ya. We done been through everything together. I love Louis. Yeah. But this is like that's I like you. What would have been harder? Okay. Is asking about Jose or even one of my family members. Yeah. No, that's why I didn't want to go. You know there. what I'm saying? Yeah. But Jose and Louis. I mean, you could. Jose is family though. You can put anybody up. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so yeah. Jose would get the cure. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and without and, even thinking about okay, it. Okay, what what if it Real was quick. what if it was me or him? Who would you let turn? Because you know who's gonna edit the phone. <laughs> oh, there we go. Man, who do, who do I give this the the stay alive like serum to? Yeah, yeah. Who do I, I get so, so I don't turn. I don't turn into a zombie or or Jose, Jose doesn't turn into a zombie. Man. And then whoever does turn into hey, a zombie, dude, you have just, to... Just on some real shit with it, I would have to say you. Me what? You'd be a zombie. Oh, yeah? yeah I would turn. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You'd be a zombie like a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So Jose wins two times. Yes. Nice. Yes. All Ask right. me about Jose or Jason. That'd, that'd be the hard one. All right. Jose or Jason. They both get bitten by zombies. You only have one That's zombie hard. cure. Yeah. Let me turns? tell you, man, because I've built something with Jason mm-hmm. that's taking care of my family. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm and saying? his family. And to continue that the legacy. Yeah. If it was up to Jason and Jose. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, I can't answer that one. Really? Yeah. You're going to tap out on that? Do I get a tap out? No, I'm just kidding. Nah, I yeah. mean, I could. Uh, I it, 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 it's on different levels. Though. Right, right. It's like. With Jose, it's way more personal. Absolutely, of course. And we got, you know, and then with Jason, that's 25 years too. And we've built something that I got to continue to build to take care of my family. You know right. what I'm saying? But if I had to, I'd give it to Jose. Yeah. Jason would understand. 
He would. Yep. And he'd figure out how to work the zombie gonna, Yeah, we're going to record it and put it on the air. This will be great content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Sketch, a... I need you to make an intro for this, yeah. buddy. Yeah. You know, Jason, your arm fell off. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. See, that's the wittiness oh, I'm talking wow. about right there. Yes, sir. Like, when you just thought of that, what just popped in your mind? Or did you even think about it? No, nah, you don't think about it. Wow. Sometimes, man, you say something, you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. That wasn't good. Oh, you know, but my, my mental editor's fast, too. Yeah. And, and, and we have fun, man. You know? And we're not disrespectful. No, I hear you. Know you. What I'm yeah, saying? We're yeah. not disrespectful, bro. Um, I'd like to close out with At this. At least not now. Oh, no. yeah, well, I mean, no. not, we've grown and, and we've evolved yeah. and you've evolved and Back I've evolved. Back in the days, we were brutal. I mean, yes, there was, mm-hmm. it was a lot, it was a lot different though. Was mm-hmm. the, the, the temperature is a lot different now in the politically yeah. and correct now climate. now people just be shocking to be shocking. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's not, it's not, you were shocking, but you were funny shocking. Yeah. You know, and that and was different. Young. Yeah, and you were young. You now were now see four year old, forty five year old, thirty five year old goofy motherfuckers. Right, like, right. You're too old for that shit, goofy motherfucker. <laughs> I like when you eat on the air too. So big. do I. I love that. I love when I'm I'm playing like a bit. I'm I'm. I'm well, you going so long? You don't went from breakfast to lunch. Shit. <laughs> no, I'm talking about actually on the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's close out with this, biggest. Um, Man, I got all the time, bro. Really? Yeah. I, I don't want to. I, I know you have other appointments and whatnot. You got to get home to now, the fam. I just said that to make you feel bad. Well, <laughs> no, I. Yeah, I it does time, work bro. every time. I got all the time. Okay. Don't trip. Um, a million miles away from the man you used to be, I asked that, and I heard that probably from Stern mm-hmm. that that I got hip to because of you as well and mm-hmm. Jason because I never listened to Howard Stern, Same. and I don't know why I. I, I just never, especially when he was on terrestrial, I wasn't, I would listen to our show. Yeah. But I and I was on radio. Yeah. I couldn't listen. And I wouldn't listen to I, other people I, though. Real really. shit, I didn't right. give a fuck. Yeah. What made you get into him? And was it Jason or what gave you that? Nah, I had just gotten like satellite radio. Ah, oh yeah. I just and came with just, the car. Yeah. It was yeah. just to occupy some of the time. Yeah. And this was once he got to sat, uh, serious, mm-hmm. you know, and I like his long form. Yes. Interviews, you know, and being a guy that interviews as well and getting into more long form and then you guys doing your magic to make it work for radio. I like when I interview, I'm not talking about just, you know, who's your features, who did the production? Like, I like how we're sitting here. I like talking about life. That's what I'm doing. And then if we can weave in, you know, the music, when did you fall in love with this? You know, I I like to have conversations full circle. Right. And Stern does that. And I didn't learn that from Stern. No, no, but you paid attention. But he does does that. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so that's why I can listen to him. Mm -hmm. You know, I went and did some work. So I don't listen as much. Right. Because there's just some things now that are too much for me. Right. That's not palatable as they were before. Oh, yeah. But um, but yeah, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy his show. The reason I bring this up is he had said something about a million miles away from the person he used to be. Mm-hmm. And it really hit me at the same time. And I thought of you. I thought of Jason. Like, yeah. do you feel the same way? Like, do you feel pre and post surgery physical? Like, mm-hmm. obviously, you feel different physically. Right. You lost a tremendous amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but your mental change. How can you describe how you how that process that transformation changed you not only physically right. but mentally you know sketch it's um it's not a light switch right you know if the if the room because becomes bright it's because it's the dimmer and the dimmer is a slow process to getting the light in the room and with me i was over 500 pounds and you could say okay well i feel different because I lost the weight, but there's so many things that come with that. Yeah. You know, there's so many things that there's, there's wisdom, mm-hmm. there's life, there's, you know, your wife, your kids, you know, you're getting older, whatever it may be, it comes with building you to the person that you are. Mm-hmm. So even if, if you are so-called 
a million miles away from who you used to be. Mm-hmm. All that is, you know, quickly a total recall as well. Right. Because I may be a million miles mm-hmm. away from who I used to be, but I'm still that same person. Yeah. You know, and when you look at when you look at your journey, it's like, OK, you know, um, I worked hard. You know, I had to start getting my my health together or else I wasn't going to be here. And when I got the duodenal switch, the gastric bypass surgery, yes. I didn't have kids. I remember this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So it wasn't like, I got to do it for my kids. I got to do it for such and such. You were doing it for yourself. That was a selfish yeah. thing that I did for myself. And I was already big boy. Mm-hmm. People loved me. I had already been on billboards and celebrating. I made this big guy the the person you want to be around. That was just me even before I got into radio. Yeah. You know, and so when you go and you say, I want to lose weight, you do that for you. And right. I thought about all the small things too, Skets, the small things compared to life. Right. I thought about what if I'm not as funny? What if people don't rock with me? What if the, I thought about all that and I said, you know what? It's not going to matter because you're going to be dead. I'm not a hypochondriac. I'm not a worrier. But I knew that if I didn't do something about my weight, no matter how happy I was, I was going to be dead in one year. You know what I'm saying? And I was old. When I got the surgery sketch, I was 511 pounds, right? Mm-hmm. When I got it, I was 32 years of age. And so I asked myself one time, I said, man, do you have more years behind you than you have in front of you? Yes. And when you do just the math, do you see any 511 pound, 64 year olds no. walking around? No. And then if they are yeah. walking around, are they unassisted? You know what I'm saying? So I looked at everything and life mattered. Right. Nothing else at the moment did. You know, so I went and I got the duodenal switch. Mm. And then you just start learning, you know, about your body, nutrition, this, that, and the other. And it's been a constant, you know, journey of learning yeah. what to put in your body, what yeah. kind of vitamins, what kind of this, what kind of that. And, you know, I still eat. I still, you know, I still, I even find myself now, Sketch, really realizing the relationship. I have and not had the relationship I have with food. You know what I'm saying? Like even this morning, I was like, I don't even know. We got a staff meeting coming up. That's going to be catered. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that this morning. Like, really? man, I can't wait to have a staff meeting so I can have that <laughs> but barbecue. But you can't eat as much yeah, as in the same setting though, because yeah, isn't your stomach smaller now? I can, but you just got to listen. Uh, there's some days Jose and I, we go sit and I can eat a whole meal. Yeah. Then there's other days you see, I've been eating this breakfast for, you know, for hours. Because there's some days when you're like, okay, or even not days, even moments where you're like, okay, I feel full. But you got to listen to that. Right. You got to listen to it. That is interesting, man. man. Just the whole surgery in general. And I remember you said when you were going through a lot of the surgery, uh, the posts after that. But even during, didn't you say that you had, remember the dream, the dream about Tupac and Biggie? When did that dream occur? When, when it's crazy, man, because when I went to go do the surgery, right? And the the surgery that that I had, like I said, it's called the duodenal switch. Mm Mm-hmm. And the duodenal switch, the reason why also people say, oh, man, you kept that weight off is because it's one of the most drastic forms of gastric bypass that you can get. And especially even at that time and even today, there's doctors that don't even do that procedure. What year was this? This is um, 2000. Was it 2001? 2003, I think. 2003. Yes. November 28, 2003. Wow. And so I remember when I went and this wasn't the, the gastric bypass the story that I'm about to tell you and the one that you're referencing. Okay. 
it was when I had already lost a lot of weight. On your own? Yeah. No, yeah. no, oh. no. From the surgery. Oh, okay, okay. And I had a lot of loose skin. That's right. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so I was jumping in. And so I went to go get the the skin removal surgery. Mm-hmm. And the skin removal surgery that I had, I didn't really vet the doctor, look into it. You know, he was a good doctor, but he was more of a plastic surgeon. You know, and and we kind of just did something together. No fault of his. I was extreme by the how much skin I had, what my health was like then, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, proteins, albumin, all this stuff. So I was already not the best patient that you should be doing a, a surgery on. Right. And so I remember when I w- would go in to my consultations, they had a surgery. They said that he did it at his place. And then you go to what they call a step down unit, which is like a, a hotel, mm-hmm. you know, but he was a Beverly Hills guy. Mm. And so um, I remember one of the things he said, he said, well, you know, if worse, if anything goes wrong, we'll take you to Cedar sinai oh, And that and I remember that. Were you scared? Not not at all. Really? Not at all on the skin removal either. You know really? what I'm saying? Wow. Like, I think I paid a lot of tuition into the school yeah. of experience now. Absolutely. Sketch where I, not that I didn't take it serious, but now I know, dude, you can go in for something simple and not come out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So by the grace of God, the story I'm about to tell you, I made it out of this when I probably shouldn't have. Wow. So I go in to get the, uh, the skin removal, right? Mm. And he's not hip to, my doctors aren't talking to each other. My, my surgeon's not talking to him. My surgeon don't know this. I'm not supposed to be open. My blood levels, I'm not supposed to be being dealt with for surgery this long under anesthesia. None of right, this stuff, right. right? And so they they did my procedure. From what I gather, I was in there for like six, eight hours. I'm not sure. And I came out and I remember I just kept blacking out. I kept blacking out. I kept you know, I wake up and they were, I was already in the hotel, you know, the step down unit mm-hmm. where that was supposed to be easy. And I kept blacking out. And I remember, dude, they would hit me with that smelling salt and I would pop back up. Oh my and I God. could hear like my wife, you know, my girlfriend, Veronica, my wife now, but right. Veronica at the time. Mm-hmm. And I could hear her like, is he okay? Is he okay? And then I black out. Then I wake up and I hear more chaos in the room than I black out. And I remember one time I woke up and the doctor's like, aid the guy that was under him i remember i told one one time i woke up and he was at the foot of the bed and we locked eyes and the look he gave me that in his eyes i was like i'm fucked up he was so puzzled and he was so scared and i knew i remember i i looked at him i took his face in and i blacked out i fainted again and i remember one time i got up Uh not got out the bed but i woke up and I just like kind of touched myself and I had a robe on. And when I touched the robe, it was full of blood. And I remember like you can hear the <laughs> pat, pat, pat of the blood. Oh, yeah. Totally just bleeding out of all these. And I mean, I had my chest done, stomach, all this. Yeah. So I'm bleeding everywhere. Then I hear them say, we got to take in the Cedar Sinai. Oh, shit. And I black out. And I'm like, they said. The only way that they would take me to see the side nine was an extreme emergency. And I remember them, they they didn't have time for an ambulance. So they, I remember being rolled. I don't know if I was in a wheelchair. I don't know how they rolled me out the hotel, Mm -hmm. but I remember uh, they put me in a car. I don't know who car it was. It was no ambulance. They put me in a car. They rolled me to Cedar Sinai. I don't remember where we were at at Cedar Sinai. None of that shit. But I remember Veto and some people saying, help us, help us, help us. 
And to this day, I don't know who the people were, but it was just two people that happened to be at the emergency room. Not emergency room, medical staff. They just took you. They picked just me up. Just good Samaritans? slouching and yeah. Wow. And I remember I was in the hospital for days, bro. And I remember I used to clown. And I was telling people, I was like, man, worst case scenario. You know, and I would always say that if I wake up at the Tupac and Biggie concert, something went wrong. <laughs> and I remember, bro, I was under and I was blacking in and out. And and this isn't a joke. I don't want people to take this the wrong way. Don't turn this into clickbait. Mm. But I remember I saw Tupac and Biggie. Right. And I was like, I'm, you know, I'm not here. This right. is bad. You know, you and, knew that you were dreaming that you were on your way out. Like, what yeah, was yeah. it? That you Let's felt, just put it this way, Sketch. I was dying. You felt that. I knew I was dying. Wow. I was dying. If you read the beginning of my book, my uh, book opens with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Where I remember, dude, I just kept saying my name. I yep. kept saying my social security. I started naming, like, you know, all my family right. members and mm -hmm. trying to keep my wits together so I wouldn't go and I wouldn't die. And I remember we were just about to have Jaden. And I was like, God, please let me be here. I want to see my son. I want to see my son. God, please, please. And so I knew that, it, like, this is how confident I am mm. of how close I was. You know how some people, if things ain't right, mm. I felt like if I didn't have a purpose, I could have surrendered or I could have even submit to dying. Like I was fighting, bro. I mean, I was mm -hmm. fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. And if I had nothing to live for, I know I could have just said, you know what? I'm done. Wow. Man. I'm done. You know what I'm saying? That's and just, by the grace of God, yeah. bro. I mean, know, look, look at you. I'm I mean, here. You look. It's, yeah. and, and we've talked about this, too, where if people that ha that don't know you before, you know, right. pre-surgery, you would never be able to know that you were once 511 pounds. You would never be able to huh. tell. Like, I feel like if they never knew people who'd never met yeah, you before. Well, if they see me naked, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> because after I got that, bro, yeah, like yeah. I didn't do my arms. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm fucking done. Mm. That shit almost took me out, yeah, bro. Man. So it's, it's not about, you know, uh, vanity right. or, you know. But like, you feel better, though, right? Do you better. feel better? And I'm alive. Yeah, you man. Know, I still do a lot of work. Yeah, I still yeah. do. You know, I'm I'm always at the doctor doing blood work yeah. and making sure my protein levels and you know what I'm saying. This is something that I got to do for the rest of my life. But I'm alive. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I'm you alive. Feel great my kids. And yeah. And yeah. And to this day, sketch. I got you know. I got the surgery 2003. Wow, that's a long and time ago, man. I still walk by and I look at my reflection. I'm like, oh shit. Is it trip you out? It's still trip me out. Cold and you open the refrigerator, right? Um, like, yeah, I get cold right. now, and you know, like it's, it's crazy. Isn't that wild? I, I still buy stuff. Yeah. Not knowing what my size is. I remember we were, I was editing an 8X promo just mm -hmm. this past weekend where you were going on about your ex having like some of your old clothes. Right. And and you were like your boxers. And right. you were like you're a size 60 or 66 at your big yeah. at your biggest. And and you were like, oh yeah, we'll just hang it from a hammock or like yeah, hang it a swing on it. it Using his curtains. I was like a size 60 boxers. <laughs> and good luck to my ex trying to wear those boxers. <laughs> She probably put them up as like kitchen curtains and you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, her mom was probably like, cut the boxes up and clean the rims with them. <laughs> the little yeah. shade area. Yeah. Back. Get like a hammock and lay under it. Put my boxes from one end to the next Aww. end. And you know what? I'm being kind to myself when I said they were a 60. You know what I'm saying? They were bigger? Oh, man, man. When my biggest, yeah. I wore a size 66, 64 and 66 wow. shorts. Oh, I wore awesome. an 8X shirt, man. Like that's probably why my ex number. didn't want to keep none of that. She couldn't carry it. <laughs> 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 Gotta call 1-800-JUNK to get it out. <laughs>
It was so but you gotta funny, think, What though. size pants do you wear? Like 32. Okay, so I was a size 66 pants. I mean, it's you like, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 66, bro. That's like... Yeah, that's crazy. It's 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 wild to look back in retrospect. And in the book, as a matter of fact, I, I bought the book. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for writing that personal note. Hey, to I know me everybody that bought the book. The book didn't yeah. sell well. I know all seven of you. Really? You know, no, I, know. Well, I remember you said I'm cash was, money. Was, put was it you, out. Was, were, you, were you number eight? No, go ahead. Oh, well, cash money put out the book. Do you feel like you have another book in you big post? Like, yeah, definitely. So. Yeah, definitely. So. That'll be great. And the reason why I feel like I have mm-hmm. uh, another book is because. I was still living the journey and I still am. Yeah, absolutely. But but also, man, once I got further in life and you start doing like therapy and you start talking like there's things in my book that are lies and not lies. But, you know, at the moment they were they were truths or they were things I didn't go deep enough into right. or I was still living a certain, you know, living a certain way, still living the book, mm-hmm. you know, and I learned a lot more about me that I wish I would have put in the book. Gotta but do at that book. time, yeah. either I wasn't ready or I just didn't have the knowledge of. Right. You and, know? You, and the amount of knowledge now, just like with, did Nipsey ever write a book? Did he ever put anything no, on it? No, nothing huh? I know of. No. Wow, man. Yeah. It, but it, he was, the, he was the one also, man. That would tell you what books to read, you know, like literally, man, I remember we were on our, uh, that Khaled cruise Mm. and I remember just seeing him reading books, you know, and I I love to read. I don't know which books, right. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I, I enjoy reading. I know you, since I met you, I would, I would ask you sometimes. I just had to get back into it too. Yeah. I read, I read on my phone now, but I like to buy hard covers. I like the pages. Yeah. So do I. I I just, I love hard copy. I bought your book and I don't want to open it and ruin it. I mean, I opened it, I read some of it, but then I bought it on my Nook book, but just because it has like the cool, it's just very sleek and and I don't want to ruin it. I can't get into it. Yeah. I can't get into it. You don't have like a Kindle or anything like that? No. And I've had them, but I can't, I can't do it. I've never finished a book on I a Kindle. I feel you on that though. Like, I, like Taboo, his book, I, was, I had it on a, kin- a Kindle mm-hmm. and I had to end up going to buy the, the hard copy. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I remember I bought you the Howard Stern book for as a gift. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. I got that in my office. Yeah. Yeah, man. I have it at home too, right next to your book. Yepper. It's like two of my, you know, two major radio role models in for sure. You are number one. I'm a big boy fan first always, but being able to learn from you and watching you watch other broadcasters right. like Stern, and then and you know what? I don't watch other broadcasters. Not watch. But I watch. I I watch other people. Right. You're you know. A, and, yeah. and, and if Stern just happened to be a broadcaster, yeah. yeah, it's that. But I watch everybody, man. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? I wanted to bring this up because I studied him too from the show, mm-hmm. and I've applied a lot of what I've heard techniques in production right. to our show, to your show, right. with the phone taps and able to switch around the conversation where instead of just going from beginning to end, you could take the beginning and kind of put it in well, the middle. don't get into magic. Don't well, no, magic. No, 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 no. I hear you. I could always uh, yeah, chop around this. Don't but you know what I mean? I, I do a little sleight of hand, sketch work, right. scissor hand style. But do you feel like you're ever going to retire? And if you do retire from radio, what do you see after radio in your life? Yeah, th- there's going to be there's going to be a moment, man, mm-hmm. where, you know, you got you got to hang you got to hang it up. Either they are gonna hang it up or you got to hang it up. Right. But I I want to go out on my own accord. Yeah. And then there is this is this is just me, bro. You know, there's no if I if they let me go from iHeart, I'm just over. You know, I'm not chasing no fucking jobs. I'm not nah. moving to small town. You know, what whatever, about satellite? Whatever. Would you go serious? My or? thing is this: it'd be more of the thing that I want to do. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If it is satellite, if it is terrestrial, if it is here. 
but it's got to be the way that I want to do it. Absolutely. You know, and I'll never totally give up my voice, mm. you know, if it's a podcast, if it's something, but it'd have to be on my own terms. Absolutely. It would have to be how many times I want to do it. I mean, I'm not chasing a radio gig. No, you never, I'm not chasing you never a had to. I'm talking about even now. Though. Right. No, I'm not chasing a radio gig. I'm not chasing a contract. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. not moving to another state. Nope. And I'm not doing that shit. You know, I'll finish, you know, what I have right now and do, you know, probably five years and, and then we'll see what happens. But, mm. but whatever it is, it's gotta be my way. Yeah. And it's gotta be, uh, and it's gotta be happy. I put a lot of years in and I never could just walk. I, this makes me too happy. Are you, and I was going to ask you, are you happy now? Yeah, in I'm this, happy. Because real 92.3 was essentially built Around for you, me. around you, around me yeah. and for me. Yeah. And, and being with iHeart has been amazing, man. Mm -hmm. You know, but I'm happy in life. Yeah. No, you know I know saying? you are. I know you are and for sure. If, if I'm here, if I'm not, I'm still going to be happy. I was happy. Like I said, I was happy homeless in the, in the motel because we had a swimming pool. I, I know how <laughs> yeah. to be happy. Yeah. I love what I do. I love the people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I love I, I'm telling you, man, like literally some people are sneaking out the back door and people are going, you know, down this elevator and this escalator and walking underground. I got to walk through the people. You like, walk right I, out the front. I love yeah. the people, man. You know, so that's why I wouldn't give it up, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not like, oh, I need them to feed my ego or anything, man. I just love smiles that bring smiles. And people, they don't even do this. People that look at me sketch and they just start laughing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm one of them and I've and known you forever. tell you a story. <laughs> yeah. You know, why would I want to take, you know, a tunnel and not hear those moments? Oh, like, like why skate would through I, the back. Yeah. yeah, yeah why I would you. I want to have security around me mm. and hold somebody back with, and, and miss these moments that we can have together? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. Like, I told my wife when I came from the Bad Bunny concert. I said, baby, it was so much love in there. You know, I was walking with my boss, Doc Winter, right? Right. And, you know, we went to a fight and it was Ruiz Ortiz over at um, Crypto. Right. And the love, it took me so long to get to my seat. I'll bet. But that's not a problem. You, you know love what I'm saying? That. You actually love that. I love it. Because it's I'll not tell you. serving my ego. It's not braggadocious. It's man, smiles bring smiles. Yeah, I'll tell you, there's people, people smile at you yeah. and you smile back. And, and I told Doc when we were leaving, he was like, man, I can't walk with you anywhere. Just please. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I told him, I said, Doc, what if all that love was hate? Oof. You know what I'm saying? What if everybody hated me? What if I couldn't go to a fight because people wanted to attack me? Right. Or they just hated just me. Just angry at so, things you said yeah, on air. So and if shit, I yeah. can go to a fight or a concert, and people say, oh, my God, I want to take a picture with you. That's love. Why would I run away from that? I mean, there's so many people even here that I interviewed that are they're They're not afraid, but they don't they don't know how to come up to you. Like they mm -hmm. want to take a picture with you. Right. And, and talk to you. But they're like, I just don't want to buy. I'm like, but he loves that stuff. Yeah, man. You and know? I hear people all the time yeah. that ask me for a picture. They say, hey, you said if I ever see you yeah. to take a picture. I'm like, yeah, well, I've never turned down I a picture. I take pictures with you like I just met you. And yeah. I've known you since I was 12. Even Jose laughs. He's like, you know you know him, right? I've never, <laughs> in my 28 years of radio, I've never told anyone no. Really? No. And I'm talking about, bro, even leaving out the hospital, knowing that was the last time I was going to see my mother alive. Uh, and having to turn on and people ask for pictures. You know, even the nursing staff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, I wish you. I wish I had a picture of you with my mom. Right. I don't know if I. I think I do somewhere. I just mm -hmm. can't find it. But I've I've looked through several boxes, and I'm like, I know Man. there's a picture of my mom and him together. 
but it's either in the studio or just ne- you're the one taking the picture. You know, I mean, it's just Man. anyways, it's just there's so much to really uh, unpack in our history together. Mm-hmm. My and relationship. we create more history. Yeah, though. and I, I'm so honored to have you on the podcast, Bigoth, and I, I appreciate your love and support endlessly. No mere words can really express. Well, try. Try, try All some right, words. Well, <laughs> I just feel like, man, I'm forever indebted to you. Mm-hmm for putting me in this position, for getting me here, and for bringing me, you know, I moved to Miami. I came back. I worked right. at 100 Point Through the Beat. I remember the day that the beat, 100 Point Through the Beat, I was only there for a year and some change, and it was a lovely place. I was treated very lovely. Tawala Sharp, who's now here with us, a lot of people had my back there, but I just wanted to get back to you. I, right. I But it was leaving power and going to Miami and realizing, fuck, this is not for me, man. Like, yeah. it just doesn't feel right. And we got to do that sometimes. Yeah. And I put myself in an uncomfortable position to get myself out of it. Slingshot my way back to L.A. But if, would I have been able to do it if I didn't have you in my life? If mm-hmm. I didn't have Nautica, who helped me get the job at 100.3, the beat as imaging director. But the day that I left there, they, they flipped formats. They didn't technically fire me. They just didn't have the position anymore. And I remember I had talked to you before that. And I called you that very day. And I went across the street to a restaurant to get a cheeseburger, obviously. And I'm Hello. all, I'm all bigoth. Oh, I didn't even call you bigoth. I'm all big. Uh, your boy's a free agent. And I remember you said, great. Be at the station tomorrow at 6 a.m. The mm. very next day, I went back. That's dope. I mean, and I was like, I just, it was completely surreal, But man. you know what, man? It's like, we could so-called give opportunities, and but you kept it. You know what I'm saying? You kept it. I learned a lesson years ago man and and i don't want to put any you know personal names on it but i remember it was a thing that happened to me Mm. and i was like oh well you know i can't because this person did this this person did that so Mm. on and so forth and i remember my brother mouse was like man they did that that person did that but you're the one who's keeping it you know so by that without telling the entire story it's like paraphrasing sketches like sure I could give you the opportunity, but it's up to you what you do with the opportunity. Right. right. You know, and of course, you're not going to say fuck you or flip it in my face, but it's what you do with it. Right. You know what I'm saying? How you nurture it. Like, you've been around for decades with me, but it's because of who you are, what you do. Even when you think about you at your worst, bro. You were still turning in the work. Yeah, I would you still do the saying? work, a hungover and everything. Yeah, yeah. so so it's about yeah. when, you know, somebody can open up the door for you, but it depends, you know, it's up to us to how long we stay in the room Yeah, or how many doors we continue to walk through and how long we make the hallway and th- those kind of things, it you know, is. and I'm grateful to all that, you I know, really with am. the Baker boys, the Baker boys, they were the ones mm-hmm. that put me in touch with Rick Cummins. I never thought about radio. That's another question I was in. I wanted to ask you about career paths. Mm-hmm. I remember you'd mentioned in the book and as well off off air, just in conversation about you possibly going into medicine like or into nursing like your mom. Man, let me tell right? you, man. I was taking nursing classes. Yeah? I had taken a plumbing class where I was going to go get my certificate to be a plumber. What? Everything, bro. I was just like, man, I'm just going to work. I'm going to do this. But I always had this dream of entertainment. Mm. Even when I had, I had a hip hop line mm. when, oh yeah, the, called what up? I remember and Darrell used to do the letters for the flyers. What up? Yes. Shout out to Darrell. Yeah, as well. Darrell he's in Japan see, now. Really? Though, yeah, he lives in Japan. I heard that. Yeah, Darrell. Hey man, but even with that, it was like, I was in a position where I was like, okay, you know, Baker boys looked out, 
but I had a hip hop line called What Up. And What Up was just a way that I, you would call a number yeah. and it would tell you, oh, Tuesday night be at such and such and such. But it was the way I did it. Yeah. You know, if I made a mistake, I rewind the record, so on and so forth. I didn't know that their boss was listening to What Up. No. I didn't know that. You know what I'm saying? And so they, you know, they I asked me. I didn't know me, that either. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Rick was like, bring that. Who is that guy? And it was like, oh, yeah, this, you know, Kurt Alexander, this is it. Here's his number, so on and so forth. So when I thought that I was just going for a random barbecue with the Baker Boys, you know, we had all, you know, I'm, I'm big boy at the time. The Baker Boys were known as the two fat Mexicans. Right. We big homies. And were you we already did, with the far side at this point? I was bodyguarding the far side right. then. I wanted to get into that too. But like, yes, God, there's so much. There's so much to unpack. Go ahead. But um, Rick's we barbecue. Just, yeah. So we had all these barbecues, like an itinerary. Mm. You know, we're fat. We're going to go eat. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so one of them was like, oh, man, you know, we got to stop at our boss's house. It's going to be real quick. Oh, and yeah. I remember telling them. <laughs> Nick V and Eric V, I was like, man, I don't want to go to your yeah. boss's house. They're like, oh, big, it'd be real quick, be real quick. And I'm like, and I'm literally fucking around. And I said, man, it's going to be some white guy, his white yeah, wife, yeah. two white kids, white picket fence, white house, you know, and we just clowning. Yeah. So we pull up and we get to Rick Cummins' house. And I don't know Rick. I don't know radio. I'm not sure. You've I, never I know met him being, before. Never met him. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And. I tried everything. So I was like, okay, you know, I just wanted to be in the entertainment. Mm. But when we went to Rick's house, I never thought I'm going to do radio. Oh, this is the guy right here. You, I got to It didn't even pop in your nah, mind. Not even like, hey, Power Rebel 6. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't tripping off that. I'm like, man, we get a burger and get the fuck out of here. You just wanted to get y'all out gotta of there. Y'all got to feel y'all obligation. Right, right. Right. And so I pull, we pull up. Mm. I think Nick V is driving. Mm. And when we get to the house, Rick Cummins outside. I don't know this guy. I don't know radio. I don't know who, I, I don't know what a program director is. I don't know what a music, I don't know none of this shit. You know what I'm saying? But you knew he was from no, power. You didn't know that. I, it was just their boss. You just knew I didn't was, think, okay, okay, I, gotcha. I didn't think power, right, the right. big dog. Like, right. I give a fuck. You weren't trying to like put Not, on a show I wasn't show trying to impress right, nobody. Right. And so, um, and they never said, man, you know, this is our boss. Mm. He could probably get you into radio. He, they didn't nothing. try to like give you hope or hang the carrot. In no, front. Wow. They, they, and they probably wasn't tripping over it either. You but know what I'm saying? He wanted to meet you based on the. What I didn't up. know he wanted what? to. Meet me. So he knew who you were before I think he. So. Wow. And so then <laughs> we get crazy. there, and he's out in front, uh. and there's a white guy <laughs> waving at us. And then there's Martha. Oh my God! His white wife. Is there a white picket fence? Then here go the two white kids. Like I said. And then to get in his yard, he had a garden. Oh my God. It had a little white picket oh fence. Oh my God. And it was a white house oh, on everything. Bro. That so is I crazy. Get there, and I don't know who this guy is. I'm just having, you know, natural, fun conversation. We leave. Did they have good food? Yeah. Of course. You know, it was yeah. like a burger or something right. like that. You know, very friendly and white. Right. And uh, <laughs> I we leave. I'm not even thinking, did I leave an impression on a guy? Or who's that guy? Is or, he going to call or me? Or to the Baker Boys? Like, right. man, you think there's nothing. But you were making Rick laugh for sure. And and just being there. Yeah, because you know? you're just funny. And you were not just even funny. thinking when I got in the car, like, man, that guy, their boss was like, not, nothing, nothing sketch. Didn't nothing. Didn't care. I never even gave it a thought. Yeah. And so one day, literally, I get a phone call. Mm-hmm. And the phone call that I get, it's like, oh, some guy named, you know, Rick is on the phone for you. No, no, fucking Rick. I get on the phone. Yeah. Hey, big boy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? It's Rick. Rick Cummins. Uh, Baker Boys. Uh, boss, Power 106. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what's up, Rick? 
Then this motherfucker said, hey, you know, you ever thought about doing radio? And I'm like, no, nah, not really. But I used to fuck around on the tape deck yeah, with yeah. Radio K-U-R-T. And, and you were I DJ. Was ready. You and were I was DJ. D- I was yeah. DJ. Yeah, on so I didn't look into radio. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity. Right. And I knew that I could do something. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you so, were hilarious. Yeah, and I knew that you gave me that opportunity. I'm fucking running I with mean, it. I mean, it just I didn't blew look up. into it. Yeah. I seen an opportunity that was granted to me. And I took it and I ran. I wasn't an oddball. My story is odd because I didn't move around for radio, but I was very well prepared. Right. And you never for, really for had a real job, yeah, right? Before radio. It was like you were, you know, you were doing your own thing, right? Yeah, you, were yeah, making, yeah. you were getting by, right? Yeah. You were doing what you had to do. <laughs> yeah. but, but but still, oh, the dear. fact that you never had a regular nah. a regular gig and you didn't really care about getting into nah. radio. And anybody that knows my past, yeah. man, you know, I've had some gray areas. You of know course. what I'm saying? Of course. I've had some It was a different time back yeah, then, you know though, what I'm saying? in L.A. and then in the 90s yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. man, so, I know. So, you know, I, I, made, I made my way. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and when I got that, he was like, hey, you know, we want to. I want to try something crazy with you. He was like, you ever thought about doing radio? I'm like, nah. He was like, would you try radio for one night? And at this time, I'm a bodyguard with the far side. Yeah. And we were on the Lollapalooza tour. I just happened to be home. And he said, "Um, would you come in for like $35 an hour, four hours? I'm not thinking radio career. Right. I'm thinking about $35 for four hours. I'm thinking I go in, I make 140 bucks. Yep. I'm good. Yeah, yeah. I'll be there. It's like doing a set to yeah, you, Yeah, so right? I go and I, yeah. I, I, you know, I show up and I walk in and I think Humpty or somebody I, yeah, was Richard with me Vision, that night. Right? And we get down and I go home. Then he called me the next day and said, hey, you know, would you like to try that again? I'm not thinking radio career. I'm thinking, okay, let me multiply this by two. That's my radio career where I get these two, you know, these two nights of radio. But were you nervous on not your at first all because night? I didn't know what it was. You, but did you make any mistakes? I probably did, yeah. but I didn't know what it was. And I didn't walk in like, man, I don't give a fuck about this. Right. I just didn't know what it was. Wow. So I didn't walk in like now people walk in and they say, when, you know, power, the way that we built power, yeah. it was like, it was the marquee. So you walked in nervous. You walked in like, man, I want to work for Power 106. I want to yeah. be here with yeah. the Baker Boys. You remember and my boys eyes and, when I got yeah, in? So I people, was like, we built something that people wanted to be at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Baker Boys was building something, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, like, I didn't walk in like, oh, God, I need this. Yeah. You know, I, you I didn't walk in with the nervousness it. of right. radio that people have nowadays. Oh, yeah. He just said, go in there, have, have fun. fun. Right. Remember the station is called Power 106. Yeah. Now, I remember one break, I called it Power 107. <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> That's, so, and that's like probably one of your worst radio blunders, if any. No, right? I've had, oh, I've had f- so many blunders. But um, mm-hmm. after that night, two nights, he mm-hmm. called me up and he said, hey, would you would you want to take the night show? And Like 7 to 10 or 6 to 10? Yeah, what, what, 6 to 10, wow. 6 to 11. Would you like to try the night show? And I'm like, I don't know what, you know? So I'm like, all right. You How know, much I'll is it try pay? It. Yeah. Right. And so I remember um, wow. when we got off the phone. I was like, oh, okay, they offered me the night show at Power 106, so on and so forth, you know, radio. And so I remember I was on with the far side. I was on the Lollapalooza tour. I was going to turn it down. <laughs> Serious? I was like, man. And so then, Sketch, I sat and I thought, I said, well, you know what, man? The far side is doing their thing. We're on tour, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I was making 50 bucks a day, right? On tour with the far on side. On tour with the far side. And then, you know, I still had some other stuff I, right, that I set course. up at the house. So yes. I was making more money at the house. This was more experience. I mm. love to travel. I love to be with the guys. I love being around entertainment. And you traveled you know? a lot with them, yeah. man. You did. And so I remember one day I was like, you know, and I'm, I've am i always been a me guy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like anytime when I did anything, you mm. know, good or bad, I did it by myself. You know, I, I, I put it all on right. me. Right. You're accountable for your own actions. Exactly. Gotcha. And so... 
I thought one day and I was like, well, man, I'm only going to eat when the far side eat. And then I'm only going to eat a fraction of what they eat. And when they stop touring, I'm not working. When they go to record another uh, album, I'm not working. You know what I'm saying? So I said, man, let me just try this. So I went to the fellas and I said, hey, man, to the guys in the far side. I said, man, I got this opportunity to do this radio with Power 106. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, you know, the far side. Oh, dude, go try it, they man. Wanted to go do it. You. They supported yeah, That's great. And they told me, they said, if it doesn't work out, you'll always have this here. Wow. And so I went and I tried radio. I mean, and it skyrocketed. Yeah, big. it did, it man. And at like, first it was like, you know, me and Richard Vision, Humpty, right. Humpty Vision yes. at the time. And Humpty was the radio guy. And I love working with Humpty. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was like the, you know, the Humpty and Big Show or the Big. We didn't have a name. Right. But we were just comrades Big Boy's in neighborhood there. wasn't even a, a, a Not thought at all. yet. Right. Not right. at all. You know, if anything, it was Humpty's neighborhood. Right. You know, so I'm in there and I'm having this great time with Humpty, man. And, and Humpty's like teaching me things. And you got to know Richard Vision. Oh, Richard yeah, yeah. Vision is such a yeah. nice and polite fucking guy. He's a great guy. And he never thought. I'm invading the space. Who is this guy? Right. And you know, now we territorial right. because now I even look at where y'all find this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Like who? Yeah. Bodyguard with big, what yeah. the fuck? You right. Know? But he was so loving and he, he wanted to teach and so on and so forth. So every day after we would get off at some point the next morning, cause we were doing nights, Rick Cummings, RC would have us do what they call an air check and radio. Mm -hmm. So you listen back to your breaks in your show and He'd tell you what he liked, what he critiqued, do more of this, do less of this. You know, so it's almost like you're sitting down and you're right. being graded. Yeah, yeah. And so I remember, I don't know radio really. So one day after a few weeks or so, I remember uh, Richard Vision, Humpty, he said, hey, bro, I think they're going to want you to do this by yourself. And I was like, that's not happening. You know <laughs> you, what I'm saying? Because comfortable this with is Richard, my right. fucking guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? What do you mean, man? What you mean, Humpty? Like, we together. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm not knowing, he knowing radio or he's knowing, right. you know, why are you, you know, why you want Big to lead he the He gave breaks. you your, like your guidance yeah, at first. But right, it was right. like, you know, at one point it was like, yeah, Big, you know, I want you to come out and lead the break. So that's me saying, you know, Power 106 for hip hop, you know, that kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. And I'm not knowing that there's a, you know, less of Humpty, more Big. So Humpty must have saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. he said, man, I think they're going to want you to do this by yourself, but not negatively. Right. It was in love. You know, he didn't try to sabotage. And I was like, nah, man. You didn't want that happen. to happen, Not right? Not at all, bro. Right. And I'm change resistant. This is the only guy I know. Right. One day I come in and Rick Cummings want to have a meeting with mm -hmm. me and I don't see Humpty. I'm like, all right, but I'm not even putting two and two together. And if I'm putting two and two together, I'm getting seven because I'm definitely not getting four. Oh, my God. And so he was like, yeah, he said, I want you to go in and try it by yourself. And I'm like, nah, Rick. You know, I'm telling this motherfucker. Nah, he was like, just go in and try it by yourself. So now I think I got flounder. I got the board op, so on and so forth. So I go in uh -huh. and Humpty's my safety blanket. Yeah. Humpty's, you know, I feel like shaking my ass. All the stuff I did early on. So the good. Shaking my ass thing. Humpty so gave me, Richard Vision gave me that fucking instrumental. What instrumental is that? He just put on a talk break uh -huh. and it was like, you know, I'm, I'm and I'm listening to it and I'm going, I feel like shaking my ass, shaking my ass, shaking my ass. It just shake, came to you like that. I, and that became one of the biggest songs for me I mean, in my career. It's, it went platinum He's the that one night. When I would do the the song that I learned in Hebrew, the hops. Yeah. He gave me the bed for that. It was just a bed that we would talk over that I would just start doing no it. Those YouTube, two things blew no, up. Yeah. How do you get these instrumentals it though? Was, it was Richard Vision. He's I, a DJ. I, I'm a DJ. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and it was what I did with him.
that made the shit legendary. I love the the when you flipped the Mister Rogers neighborhood, yeah, and you changed it with the, the it was gangster, it was hip hop, and that was just work that we've done. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? And so when I finish up uh-huh. and I go in and I do the one night by myself, uh-huh. bombed. You bombed. It was bad, bro. Really? I knew it was bad. And what so was bad the, about it? It was. Can you I just I just wasn't on point, right? Because was Richard so wasn't having, there. Yeah, Richard. Mm. You know. In the studio with me. And Flounder's and running like, the board. Yeah, and I just felt like, man, like, that's all I knew. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know how long we worked together, a month, two. I don't know. But that right. was like, come on. So I went in by myself, and it was not popping. Right. And so the next day, I had the air check meeting with Rick Cummings. And so RC is like, yeah, I don't know. You know, some of the, and then he said, you know, yeah, maybe you do need Humpty in there. And I heard need. Mm. Need sound like it was so loud and it was all in bold capital font. Mm. And so I asked him not to block Richard out because he said, you know, do you want to try it again? So on and so forth. So I said, you know what? Yeah. Can I try it again? And I went in and I tried it by myself again. And that's what it was from there on out. But, but Humpty Richard vision had never tried to sabotage. He never felt, I never felt, a negative energy, you know, even after when we would see each other, he never was like, but he told me, he said, Hey bro, I think they're going to want you to do this by yourself. And that wasn't even in hate. Man, the you chief, know what I'm saying? that's the chief right there. That's in the, the in chief the, rocker, yeah. bro. Yeah, man. You know, and, and so he helped me build something, yeah. you know, and I don't give, I always talk about hump, but I don't give him the legacy that he built and how instrumental he was with me because Character is what's being said about you when you're not in the room. Right. And he could have had the shittiest character. Right. Because maybe he wanted the nights. Maybe he wanted the hours. Maybe he would, you know what I'm saying? But I never, and I'm my 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 radar is on. Of course. I never felt that from him. He just he was just good out the gate. He just had your day, back. I remember I just had a conversation with somebody mm-hmm. and that dude is a fucking legend. Yeah, he's he's huge now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like he's a world-renowned producer. That motherfucker. And you know what's crazy? No, I had I your face. <laughs> I love when you do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love that. Well, I don't want to get into this whole thing, but my Instagram was recently hacked and suspended. Mm-hmm. And when I you did to, all the uh, so that wasn't you doing all the racial stuff? No, no of course not. Yeah, no, no. But Richard actually he followed me on my new one, and I only have like 110 followers. Oh now. man, yeah, I had like over 2,000 before. And I, but again, like, how you did they did, follow you? Did you do one of those? Do you want uh, artwork done or? <laughs> oh no, I just <laughs> recreated. I reached out f- to a couple people. I said, hey, my my Instagram was but hacked. But how did one. you? How did they hack you? Oh, I was on me. I I installed. Did you try to do one of them? Uh, no, no. Checks? I installed an app that analyzed followers to tell you which are real accounts. And they got and you like that? Yeah, because what happens is this app was bogus. It was bogus. It was sold on the app store, but it turned out that it was like backdoor program hacking, meaning you install it, it analyzes your followers, but while it's doing that, it's also analyzing those people's followers and those followers and onward and so forth. So at any and point, ha- did you have to give them your code? Like like, like password? Yeah. No, uh, well, you have to enter your, your login Damn. information. Yeah, yeah. And then Instagram algorithm didn't like that, and it suspended my account. I created a new one with the same email address, and it has suspended that one 48 hours later. So I had to go to a brand new email address and make it private just for now, and I'm only following people that I know. 
Damn. Yeah, so, so did you lose your other one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's still in the Instagram ether. It's suspended. I've heard it takes about six, maybe even longer, six months to get it back. Damn. Yeah, and I, call, I even called Instagram. I know a guy. Yeah, yeah you do? Yep. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Biggest, it's been so fascinating, all the knowledge, mm-hmm. all the radio history, all the family history, but Farside. Yes. How on earth did you connect with Farside? Man, my, I have a partner by the name of uh, Paul Stewart. Ah yes, and DJ P Paul Stewart he 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 was the manager at that time of Coolio rest in peace yes Coolio rest uh, in peace man Farside uh you know did some things with Cypress early on he's the one that introduced me to Cypress Hill mm-hmm. you know uh, Dub C I already knew Dub but right. but he he was you know he was that that uh, West Coast guy right Farside was his group I see he got the Farside on Delicious I see he had Delicious vinyl yeah and the Farside went and they did a show you know. On the East Coast, I think in Jersey or New York, mm-hmm. and they had a, a altercation. Some things went down, mm-hmm. and he asked me, you know, at that time, you know, I was already into like martial arts, and mm-hmm. I'm good with my hands and so on and so oh, forth, yeah. and I got a level head. <laughs> yeah, and he was like, um, "Would you bodyguard these guys?" And so I was like, "Yeah," and I'm thinking, you know, okay, I go out. I wasn't tripping off of, you know, the craziness of. Man, I'm gonna be around all these ladies, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll go out," you know. And I had a level head, and I knew how to make money. Did you ever bodyguard yeah. before for anybody? <laughs> nah, I no. just looked out for myself. Right, you know what right. I'm saying. I just, but I'll, I'll, I'll always been on top of my square on reading the room. Mm-hmm. You know, we from Los yeah, Angeles. You're hella street just smart. Just reading babe. the room, and you know, somebody getting close to you, and making sure you know. So when I got with the far side. It was me and a guy by the name of Seal. Seal Love, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And we both were the bo- far size bodyguards. You know, that was the first time. Was he a big cat like you back then? No, nah, no. Nah, he oh. he was he wasn't as big as me. Right. But he was, you know, you to have the big, you gotta have the one that can still jump up on the stage. Yeah. And, you know, so, yeah, yeah, so we were like Batman and Robin. I don't know oh, who wow. Batman is, but <laughs> we, you know, we 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 helped each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the things I couldn't do, he could do, so on and so forth. Yes. We just started going out on the road with them, yeah, you know, because of Paul Stewart. He yeah, connected because you. of Paul Stewart. And you had you heard of the Far Side before? Because I remember you played your mama. Song. Remember yeah. the your mama song at early the t- on, yeah. early on, because I started to work with them. Before the passing me bys and yeah. all that. So good. I was there. Yeah. You know, I wasn't with them during the recording of, you know, the albums right. and things of that nature. But you ended up on the album. Oh, and the you second rap- one yeah. on Mad yeah. California. You see, back in the days, crime pays, but now rhyme pays. So I have to hustle up in many ways. Now let me break this down. I used to pack pipes like Wesley Snipes, New Jacket like Nino Brown. I put the brothers in fear let you know that big boy's a nigga in charge over here, Mike. And you were the cover of uh, Remember the Run? Running. Yes. Can't keep running away. Can't keep running away. And they were easy mm. to bodyguard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they weren't knuckleheads. They weren't out trying to fight people. So we just had a good time out there on the road. You and know even with saying? Cypress Hill, like you, the, all these are like West Coast yeah. pioneers. And, and that was another thing with Paul, man. I remember um, mm-hmm. Paul was like, a, you know, record promoting as well and everything with Happy Walters mm-hmm. and, you know, this situation over there. So Paul 
was like uh, the guy that was servicing their records. And I was DJing also at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I remember he he um, hit me off. But the first time I heard of Cypress Hill was from the Booyah tribe. You yes. know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to Gangsta Reed. Booyah tribe and too, man. They was like, yeah, you know, Cypress Hill tribe. You know, you know how Booyah tribe <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, the homies from Cypress Hill tribe. <laughs> and so I would hear Cypress Hill tribe. And somebody that came by, then I met Muggs and so on and so forth. Was that the and first member of Cypress Hill you met before? I met Muggs uh. because if I'm not mistaken... Mugs, it was either Mugs and Paul or Mugs, DJ Aladdin. I'm I'm blurring some of the history, mm. but I know I met Mugs first. Right, it wasn't you know? Be Real. And then I met Be Real uh. through uh, Booyah Tribe. You know, but it wasn't like a whole thing where I heard the voice and I'm right. like, oh, these are the next guys. Right. I just remember the Booyah Tribe talking so well about these guys called Cypress Hill And they tribe. were so mysterious, too, because nobody knew. Remember, they wouldn't show yeah. their faces yeah, for a man. long time. And I remember, so fast forward, uh-huh. they... um. Paul was servicing the record mm. and he gave me a 12 inch single because, and he gave me a lot of them and it was me and DJ Ray. Mm. And you know, we were DJing like dances and parties yeah, and clubs the teen and center shit. Dances the teen was center. the best. I remember I had this record called the funky feel one. Yeah. And I was like, you know, it's the real one. Out the funky feel one. I'm the real one. Yes. The funky feel one. I'm the real one. Yes. The funky feel one. I'm the real one. Yes. The funky feel one. You know, I'm the real one. Yes. The funky feel one. I flipped it over. And, and it, it was, was a record on the other side, and I put that shit on, and it was, and it sounded like this. And when I heard fucking how I could just kill a man, bro, I'm getting chills yeah. now. It was the B side to Funky Feel one. When I heard that, I was like, oh my motherfucking god. I know. And so from that, yeah. they had a showcase at the Roxy. And we went to go see them at that showcase. Yeah. And I remember, dude, watching Be Real, Sand, and fucking Mugs up there and killed it. Yeah. Killed, killed it, man. Did they show who what they look like or were they still wearing no, the hoods? No, they were there. They were, it was them, 100%. Yeah, you right. know, you would have, you know... Sam was rocking the bucket, you right. know, the, the fisherman hat back right. then. But nah, that it, it was them and all their glory, and they tore that motherfucking Man. place apart, bro. Tore it apart. That is so crazy, And they baby. still the same guys yeah. to this day. But them motherfuckers, man, they got on that stage, and they killed that shit. Biggest. The stories are, I can go on forever with you. I feel like I got to do a part two with you. As is, we should. Is, is it okay to wrap up with you here? Yeah, 100%. Um, no uh, what, time, what time are we running at here? You don't want to know. Uh, two hours. Yeah, yeah okay. that's fine. Up on no, it. that's fine. That's, yeah. uh, you're worth every single piece of it. Every second big. I want to thank you for taking, carving out this, this two hours. No worries. For your boy Sketchomatic on the Sketchomatic Show podcast, episode 10. I feel Hello. like I could just hang it up now. We big. double digits. Yeah. <laughs> Bigeth, I love you. Love you too, bro. And I'm, I'm so happy for your happiness too, bro. Thank you, man. Real talk. Thank you. No, and it's, it's because of you. And I was able to because pivot. of you. It's because of us. Yeah. It's because of this show. Mm-hmm. It's because of Jose over there. It's because of Jason. Hey man, you know? and, and I'm telling you, man, it's it's a lot of people. Like people will see Big Boy and Big Boy's neighborhood. Like you, you look at the marquee. Mm. Take any movie, any movie that you enjoy. If you if you love fucking Mark Wahlberg, mm. and the credits say Mark Wahlberg, right, starring. But then when you look, watch a movie when it's over. Oh, yeah. The credit credits. And see Gaffer and Crane Operator and Camera This and Makeup. It's so many people that make you look like a star. Yeah. It's so many people that, 
you know, that knock on your, your trailer door and then say, all right, Mark, six minutes. But these motherfuckers been out there working that whole time. You know, so with me, yeah, the marquee says big boys neighborhood, yeah. but there's so many moving pieces that make you look good. Yeah. I you remember you would always tell me that back in the day when yeah. I first started working for you, when I was making promos and you go sketch makes me sound yeah. like a superstar. Yeah, you make me sound yeah. like a superstar, bro. And I remember years ago, Rick Cummins, he told me, he said, you know, the people that work with you, they'll turn you into a bigger star. Yeah. And that's real shit. You Takes know what a I'm good saying? team, man. It, it's it, a team. One hundred percent, bro. You know, somebody gotta pass the ball yeah. to LeBron. Somebody had to pass the ball to Kobe. You know, somebody had to to make you know, and, and there was there was teams. Yes. You know, there was no way in the world that with Kobe all his greatness, he went on and played against a starting five by himself. Right. Right. He was, was the star. Was a, He's the captain just a, as you are. There's a team. But there's a whole team yeah. effort. Even uh-huh. the guys who are like, you know, rubbing his leg yeah, at man. The, before the game and yeah. icing him up and yep. stuff like that. So uh, that that's what the neighborhood yes. is. Yes. And I do appreciate you bringing me into the show and letting me do what you hired me for. Right. Like you give me the, I remember you'd always say, Sketch, use your license. Yeah, yeah. Just you, use you, your license. Use your license, Remember bro. at the beginning when I was afraid to edit a phone tab because yeah. I would be afraid to take something out. Yeah, you have like 40 minute phone tabs this year. They'd be as long as this podcast. I'm like, Sketch, we can't play this on air. <laughs> oh, I just thought that was so funny. Yeah. You know? Uh, it's just, there's just so much memories. I appreciate you, Big. I love appreciate you. you and thank you again for doing the Sketchomatic Show podcast, episode 10. Jose, I love you too. Thank you for being here. You ain't got to say all that because yeah. Jose's in there. You well, say Jose. Yeah. I love Jose, there. though. He's a great guy. Brown Hornet. Uh-huh. You know? Oh. And, he, yes. and he still keeps calling that, me Stretch. That took off. Yeah. <laughs> Bigoth, until we meet again on the I next episode, I love you and I'm forever you, indebted to you, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your sketch. Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, good for you. And how was it? The Sketchomatic Show. Hey, too much information and shit, man. Shut your mouth, essay. Okay, bye.